Hey, I heard you had a show coming up. Yeah, this weekend you coming? Dude, I will be there. Nice. So you got your tickets? Oh, not yet. I'm gonna get them tomorrow, though. The show's sold out. Don't worry. I, I got you on the guest list. Oh man, you're the best. Can I get a plus one? Uh, don't push your luck. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode number 10 of On the Guest List with Foxtrot and the Get Down and White Sox Dave. With you, as always, from the band is your boy, Colin. We have the cowboy, Mr. David Williams, up here in the top left corner. Dave, how are we, buddy? We're doing great. Uh, it's crazy we're on episode 10 already. I know. It doesn't feel like that. It feels like it's just it, fucking flying by. It's flying by. It feels like we've piled up a lot. We've had a Foo Fighter, Chris Shiflett, Corey Wong. He's becoming a world-famous musician. Um, obviously, Chill Moody. We've Mark Roberge. We got Robert. fucking John J.R. Robinson. John Robinson. Uh, what's your name again? Kenny Carkeet. Kenny. Kenny. You we were a Kenny ba- Oh yeah, we Kenny got fucking Carkeet. Kenny back in the building. Kenny, what's up, buddy? Hi, bros. How are you? <laughs> we're good. Kenny's back by popular demand, dude. Kenny, I'm shut ha- it down. You told week. me I have to be here. No, as soon as we got done recording last week, I'm like, yo, he's hosting with us for now on. Like, he, it's not a choice. It's he is hosting with us for now on. So, Kenny against hey, his if, will. Hey, if you want your show canceled, I'm here for it. May the Lord right. bless you. Oh, I, I'm getting in trouble on the internet today because I said Nala gave Simba fuck me eyes in The Lion King when they were romping around in the jungle. And she did. So, I'm all, if anybody's going to get us canceled, it's going to be me. This is one of my favorite fucking things because. <laughs> I saw that tweet today from uh, from David was like, yo, people are calling me out for this. And I just retweeted. And I was like, yo, breaking news. Dave thinks <laughs> Nala is hot. I mean, Nala is hot. And everyone is like, well, I mean, Nala, if you say Nala's hot, that's just weird. But if you would have said Lola Bunny, that's different because she actually is hot. It's like, well, she's a fucking rabbit, you idiots. Yeah, these are all stupid conversations. <laughs> it's all stupid. That's my point. It's all stupid. That's, that's, that's exactly it. Hey, oh no, my God. goal is sending that tweet. To piss people off, and did I say hey, yes? I did. Any press is good press. That's exactly that's the motto I live by. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I picked up like 150 followers from that. Probably look at just Kanye, a bunch of bro. weirdos, dude. Just a bunch of weirdos following Dave now. They're like, oh, I wonder who he's going to talk about next. This is going to be good. I mean, do you want who do you want to talk about? I could talk Going about in on Dumbo and shit. Listen, this is the perfect way to start a music podcast. I love perfect it. way. Perfect yeah, way. I mean, can you feel the love tonight? That's a fucking jam. That's a song. That's, a jam. that's music, we, isn't we it? We talked about Phil Collins last week doing the Brother Bear soundtrack. So there you go. This, so we're tying it together in a multi-episode way. Yeah, boys, let's talk about something real quick. We are still in this slow period in music. We're in the pandemic period right now. Not a lot of shit's coming out. Uh, Royal Blood dropped a great new single. I love that. Brockhampton came back with a single with Danny Brown. Fucking fantastic. Shouts out Danny Brown. I'll talk about of that Of course later. it is. Dude. Uh, Bieber's got the number one record in the world And then the internet lost its motherfucking mind Because Lil Nas X of all people Put out a video of him twerking on the devil And shoes of pentagrams on it Where the fuck are we? Alright, hey, quick question What do the pentagrams mean? Or pentagon? Oh, okay, that's Satan So, I mean, I watched it First of all, I think the song kind of stinks <laughs> Second of all, he ended up snapping in spoilers. He ended up snapping Lucifer's neck, St. Lucifer's neck. So he killed the devil. Isn't that something that should be celebrated? Big time facts. Yeah, he killed the devil. Yeah. I, just th- I just think it's funny. Like, this shit is it's satanic imagery. I, I grew up with fucking ACDC posters on my wall. Like, all these people who are talking shit definitely love Sabbath. They fucking love... They oh, love Sabbath. They love yeah. Kiss. They love... I, I mean, it's like, it goes forever. Yeah, running Shut with up. the devil off the yeah. top of my head. Either devil way. went down to Georgia? Devil, devil went down to Georgia. Down, yeah. Either way. 
Shut the fuck up. It's a pop song. Who gives a shit? Nobody would have talked about it if you losers on the internet wouldn't have been losing your fucking minds about it, which, by the way, was the whole point of this. Lil Nas X is definitely just caking off of, like, page clicks because of this. Like, he's a troll. He's trolling on purpose. Shut the fuck up. Any press is good press. Thank I'm you. telling you, man. That's, That's the, the Kenny Carkeet model right there, bro. Fucking Kanye West model right that there. That is a big Kanye. I'm a big Kanye guy, so I have. Hey, I'm a huge Kanye fan, but he says some stupid ass shit. But hey, that just gets some. I mean, he, he might people be talk. President one day. People talk. Yeah, People do talk. And that's the thing. The biggest thing that pisses me off about Kanye is the fact that I love him so much and I have to defend him constantly. And at this point, make better music and I'll, I'll start defending you again. Yeah, that's true. That I haven't liked his last few albums. But he's Kanye. They, you know what? That gospel one got me. It took me a minute to get into it, but I got it got me. And it, it, it was pretty awesome. Kanye's the type of guy who makes records that I think I don't like at first. And then after listen 15, I'm like, wait a minute. And then listen 30, you're like, fuck. You know what I mean? Just like, Dude, I didn't even get it at first. It's, that, that's Yeezus. Like. That is literally Yeezus. Yeah. The first like five listens to Yeezus, I was like, I don't know what the fuck this is. And now it's probably my favorite Kanye record. I love Yeezus because it's a purposeful album. Like he did it to literally shock people after my, my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. He made a perfect record. Then he said, let me make something so fucked up that you have to think about it again. He's a fucking genius. But ah, I, I, I knew that name was uh, that word was coming out. I fucking hate when people call him genius. Come on. He's a genius, dude. He's a fucking genius. Can he weigh in on this? Is he a genius? What he's are a genius. He's a genius, dude. He is a genius. I mean, I could be I could be swayed to agree. But, but listen, I, I hate saying... that you hear him. Like, I feel like you're not a genius if you have to constantly remind people that you're a genius. And that's here's what the he thing. does. I'm not saying he's a musical genius. Mm. He's very good at music. Just all around fucking business-wise, celeb-wise, poking at the stick-wise, fucking oh, yeah. press-wise. Like, homeboy's a fucking genius. He is bro. a fucking genius. And then listen. And then you listen to, like, the Joe Rogan podcast. And, like, and I listen to him all. And, like, sometimes he, he hits off some crazy shit. But, like, for the most part, he's got some good points. There's a great interview with him and Zane Lowe from 2013 when Jesus came out. And in the interview, he says... In five years, people will listen back to this when I am the fucking CEO of a fucking $5 billion company, and they're going to be like, he was right about that. He was right about that. He was right about that. And the thing that fucked me up was he was. He was right on all of it. And I was like, he's either like a fucking time traveler or he's just so ungodly confident that he just made it all fucking happen. I don't know. Just take it all the way back to Through the Wire. Mm. Are you fucking kidding me? The story behind it and then that record? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Fuck, and then enter Jeff Basker and fucking Love yeah. Lockdown and 808s and you're like, bro, I mean, like, there's some 2000s gold in there. Dude. He's always ten years ahead of the curve, which right. I don't like, think that's he... how I that's how I feel. No, no, no. Let me. I must say, I do think some of his shit is pure trash. He some man. you know what? But like, so is everybody else's. But like, yeah. that, man, all the good stuff. Fuck, man, so good. It's to me like you don't have what's going on in hip hop today if you don't have 808s and heartbreaks. He fucking right. broke the matrix there, and so like I personally am not like an objective observer here. He's god to me. Like I fucking love Kanye, but I will say. He's a fucking idiot sometimes. Like he's out of his goddamn mind. And I don't agree with everything he says. I also am one of those people, I separate the artist from the art. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily need to like you as a person to like what you make. I 100%. Because like, honestly, I don't give a fuck what you say as a person. And a lot of the times he says a stupid thing and it's like, don't make me like him more. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, fuck. Dude, he just says whatever he wants. That's great. That's what I'm talking about. He's uncurated. He's We're an uncurated bipolar rap fucking god it's crazy 
big time facts. And I, I mean, I don't know how everybody else feels. Like you can have your personal opinions on them, whatever. I'm strictly talking music. I fucking lo- and there are certain artists that I do like for their personalities. And we're going to get in that actually in our fucking green room picks this week. People we'd like to be friends with. I wouldn't want to be friends with Kanye. I don't think I can oh, handle that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it, actually. I do love his music in general. Um, and I, I'm, I'm guilty of being lazy. If something doesn't hit me right away, then I'm just I just like discard it a lot of times. Like his last few albums just didn't hit me like the college dropout or, or his earlier albums did. And I don't know. But now now I feel like I have to go back and listen because I trust your guys' musical takes and opinions. Have you heard the like the story, the Seth Rogen story that's been going around that in the back of a limousine, fucking Kanye wrapped his entire record start to finish. It took two hours. And Seth Rogen's like, that actually happened. Yeah, he literally, Don't make me like him. He literally met Seth Rogen at a party and said, yo, can I play you my new album? And he was like, yeah, send it to me. He's like, no, 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 come out in the limo right now. And they went in a limo and Kanye over the instrumentals wrapped the entire album for him. And Seth Rogen was like, I didn't even know what the fuck was going on. I just was there, and Kanye was in his own There's world. No better At that point, you just got to get really, really fucking high and just let him do his oh, thing. Yeah. Otherwise, it'd just be awkward, I feel like. You're like I feel right. like my energy is too high, and Kanye's energy is like six times me. I feel like the room would just explode. Like, I don't Somebody would come out. Somebody would die. I don't, I don't think we could be in the same <laughs> room. But, like, I think it's very much a musician thing that you can understand that people are flawed and that like, you don't have to care about them as people to love their music. Like I, I truly oh, believe that. I, like, most I, musicians are probably flawed. Am I wrong oh, when every, I say that? All of them are. I mean, flawed. Like everybody's flawed, but like very flawed. I mean, if you do this for a living, you got to be a little bit crazy. You got to be a when you bit start putting crazy. your expectations on other people that they didn't themselves create. Yep, you're setting yourself up for failure, bro. That is the biggest thing going on in music right now with like the fucking fan armies and all that shit. I couldn't imagine having the pressure of all these people constantly trying to dictate what I do with my life and then fucking freak out if I don't meet the expectations. I couldn't live like that. I, I personally couldn't. I'd, I'd throw my phone out. I'm going to do a big name drop here. Go ahead. <clears throat> I'm just going to go ahead and preface it, roll out the red carpet for this big name drop. I did a session with old Billy Corgan, Ooh. and he was the one that told me that because we were talking about all the 90s shit and his like rap with Courtney Love and all this stuff, and he was like, I didn't give a fuck what people thought because I refuse to live up to an expectation that I didn't create. Mm. It's not my bar. That's your bar. And I don't care. And I'm like, that's, that's, that's just well stuck said. with me so well. Yo, yeah. Colin, have I ever told you my Billy Corgan story? No, I don't know if I've told me. it on this podcast. He's a so weird Billy, Billy Corgan's from. So, and I like, I like them. They're, I think, I mean, they're a hair before my time, but um, I do like the Smashing Pumpkins and. We were at a Bulls game, and my one of my best friends from high school, his younger brother was the Bulls ball boy. So whenever players, uh, family or friends or whatever, didn't use their total ticket allotment, they could just give them away. So I'd go to Bulls games all the time. So I'd have good seats. They're typically player seats. And this is uh, – it's 2021. This is probably 2013 or 14, so not too long ago. I was like mid-20s. And I'm walking along the concourse. It's halftime, and I'm loaded. And my buddy gives me a nudge, and he's like, hey, that's Billy Corgan. So and he heard, and he overheard my buddy say that like we were the only ones to recognize him in the in the crowd, and uh, he was alone and he he's like hey you guys fans were like yeah and he's like and we, we talked to him for like 10, 20 seconds like I and he's from Carroll Stream I'm from Wheaton town over, um and my my he's like yeah if you guys want pictures like I'm all for it and I'm I hand my buddy the phone I'm like he's a bigger fan like he would love one with you and he snapped on me. He's like, what do you mean? You're not a fucking fan. You don't like us. So whatever, like he told you that, 
Like, I don't know that he uh, <laughs> totally abides by it. He, he went fucking crazy on me. He ended up taking the picture. But it, it, I was like taking it back. I'm like, what the fuck is going That's on right awesome. now? That's awesome. Dude, I've never met a more conceited person in my life. But honestly, it played to my benefit because like we, we'd be in the studio and, and, and I'd be like, hey, so uh, tell me about Disarm. Like, how, how did that guitar? And he'll be like, he's like, do you want to know? Do you want to know the real story? The whole thing? And for an hour and a half, he would tell the whole story about himself and how great he is. But like as a fan... He's talking about how Butch Vig is using three SM57 microphones on each speaker of one cabinet amp and then determining which microphone on which speaker is the one that they wanted for the guitar tone on zero. And you're like, Jesus. right, it's like a gold mine of treasure trove. But because he was so conceited, I was able to get so much information out of him because <laughs> anything you would just be like, yeah, like I said, the guitar tone in zero. How did that come about? And he's like, do you want to know? So you're just writing notes because he's like patting himself on the back. I fucking love that. Honestly, though, he everything he told me was like kind of a letdown because again, 57s on a, on an amp, like no shit. Yeah, he's I like, was gonna say that's like, kind of what check we check out how I did this chord. And he's like just kept. Hey, I, I'm not open. gonna lie. I was uh, I was very impressed when I heard that because I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Other types of microphone. It's a it's a whole fucking thing. <laughs> Listen, uh, if you if a musician told any other musician like, bro, I used a 57 on a fucking guitar cabinet, they'd yeah, all be shit, like. Buddy. So you spent 40 bucks. Yeah, exactly. Got it. <laughs> Skinny little microphones that everybody on earth. Well, yeah. no, honestly, it was like, it was super fun and it was great. But the stories that that dude like would go through and like, yeah, he likes himself a lot. The song we wrote, the song we wrote, the first lyric, the first line in the whole song we wrote was, I regret success. And everybody's like, no, you fucking don't. <laughs> shut the fuck up. You fuck, oh shut up. Oh, my God. Jesus God, I hope Christ. he hears this. Well, dude, you know what's funny? Like, when you say that shit, though, like, I actually think about, like, back then it was probably easier. Like, mid-90s, you, you're, you're not dealing directly with people as much as you are today. When you think about people, you brought up 21 Pilots last week, but the way that their fans, like, latch on to everything they do and they fucking fight about them all day online. They got a cult following. If I was them, my phone... My phone would be gone, bro. I couldn't live with like I I can't deal with that kind of shit. Like it's just like I couldn't deal with the pressure of people constantly putting expectations on me. I so regret insane. success. I don't. Why is everybody putting somebody on a pedestal that they didn't even walk themselves up to? Like it's so fucking. It's ridiculous. fucking wild, exactly. dude. Like it's uh, like I, I was talking to Colin about this before we started recording. Like that. Why? Because we have blue check marks. Do like do people expect us to make us like a stance one political way? one musical taste away or the other it's like dude no dude my you're here wife for jokes and you're here for uh kind of incestual bestiality about lying <laughs> a little bit yeah yeah a little at least a little my a wife little used to get that. mad at me because i would post my opinions about bands or whatever it was and she's like you can't say that you can't say that and i kept being like just because i have fans doesn't mean i'm no longer entitled to an opinion i'm allowed to not like something i'm allowed to not like this and say it like don't like that song very much. See, and that's you know, not like, are you fucking kidding me? You being here brings a different side out of me because you are the Pissed? person. <laughs> no, you are one of those fucking people that like is fearless in a certain sense to where it gets me out of my comfort zone of like, it is one thing that I do fear is fucking like online shit. I don't, it's not that I, fear, I, just, people. I don't fucking like it. I don't, I'm not like a fucking combative human being. I like to talk, but like, I don't necessarily want to like fucking fight with everybody. You're fearless. And that brings a good side out of me. And I think it's actually why you're fucking good for this. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's like you, no art is created for other people. 
I don't Thanks. know when a single artist has ever made anything that's like, man, I hope these other people are going to like it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's, it's kind of crazy to intertwine the two. Uh, it's, it's a fucking great way to start this episode. And I'm really excited for what we have going on today because we're going to get more into the industry talk. But just a real quick drop. Fucking our guests today. When we're talking about industry stuff. We're talking about business models. We're talking about business side of shit. Chill Moody is the perfect fucking person to have on. Chill's a great friend of the band. He's a fucking ambassador for the city of Philadelphia. He's a great fucking guy. A great lyricist. A great businessman. He's and we have dope. A, we have a great oh, yeah. conversation coming up today. Real um, dope. Dude's a poet. And, and then we have our fucking pick of the week. Our friend's great time. Just dropped an amazing EP. Trust me when I say, if you like, I describe it as SZA meets Thundercat meets because the the internet era childish gambino this shit is fucking hot as i'm interested fuck. continue yeah trust me when i say i'll send it to you after we're done here but that's our pick of the week uh before we get into segments i just want to get into this because kenny posted something online this week that i wanted to bring up because we're talking about the big the, the music industry right we're talking about the hellhole that is the business side of the music industry kenny explain what your tweet was earlier this week and okay so i follow a bunch of people on Twitter from bands to genres of music to, to hashtags or whatever. And I follow a bunch of A&R people because there's a lot of times they're like, hey, looking for whatever, submit this. Looking for that, submit that, whatever it is. Or like little bits of like inspiration of like, guys, you know, we're looking for the, whatever it is. Yeah, I follow a bunch of the A&R. And then um, we're just one of them, you know, I, I, uh, I'm looking for this type of music, send me your stuff. And I was like, oh, let me check this guy out. I go to his profile and I just... Can't say who, but he he is a he is an A and R at a major label. I go to his website, his name.com, and front page it says $150 and I'll submit your stuff Ugh. to the label. Right? And you're like so so if anybody who has great music or good music or any like it's just to to pay to play is such a crazy thing. Cause like I've always said half the industry Half the industry loves music and would do mm. anything for music. And the other half are just there for the job. They're for like the, the wouldn't mm -hmm. take me to dinner and all that kind of bullshit. Right. So like, it's just disgusting when you see that kind of stuff, because as a young band, you're like, I need to get my stuff in front of an A&R person. You go to this website and you're like, oh, it's like that. Right. And it's just a discouraging, shitty way, shitty thing to see from like bands coming up that like. Oh, I need to get on playlist. Fuck. I need to pay a thousand dollars for this playlist curator to blah, 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 which will have bad results fucking anyway. Mm -hmm. It's just, just fucking disgusting. It's, it's really gnarly. It, it's one of those things to where I think it's getting easier to root that shit out. As in like, if you're in the industry and you see that shit and you're like, there's no fucking way I'm doing that. That also comes from a place where I kind of have my feet under me and I know what the fuck I'm doing. It's also easier for them to get people to do that because there's so many motherfuckers making music and nobody yeah. knows how to fucking get it seen by people. So these people sitting in, in offices are just caking off, you know, 50 fucking kids who just want to make it and they're paying $150 for this guy to listen to it once and probably never hit you back. That is some fucked up ass bullshit. And I, I, I almost want to drop the guy's fucking name. I yeah, do. no, I mean, yeah, that shit's bullshit. Those people no, are bullshit. No, fuck it. Drop his name. Who is it? Nah, don't drop oh, his I name. I couldn't even fucking remember his fucking <laughs> stupid ass name. No, no one important. You know what no, I mean? No, no, like, real quick. So what? Explain real quick, because there's going to be people listening and I and I get the gist of what he does. But like, just give us a quick 10 second once over on what exactly is these people do. 
Here's the Reader's Digest version. A&R person artist relations is usually the liaison between the record label and a band. A&R people are the ones who go out and scout for different bands, find good yep. talent. They take four or five that they like back to the label. If they get one signed, they get a massive bonus, blah, blah, blah. Therein lies where a lot of A&R people can tell a young band, hey, I'm interested in you, but you got to lose this guy. Mm -hmm. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. And then bands will do anything they can because they just want to fucking play music, right? But then there's also A&R. There, there's the opposite spectrum of, as well. People who love music and who are like, these guys are fucking rad. Don't change a thing about them kind of stuff. So that's kind of what A&R. So, so yeah. because they're kind of the gatekeeper to the dollars, it's disgusting to me to see people using that position to make their own side dollars. They're taking advantage of desperation. Uh, not maybe yeah. not desperation, but but yeah, oh, no, but anybody who's like yeah. maybe this will work. Yeah. Do you remember last week when I told you the story about how we flew to Nashville for that that yeah yeah that, yeah, yeah. What was the fucking thing he told me? Fire your drummer because he sucks. Literally right there, and I never fucking heard. Actually, I did hear from him again. That's a whole other story, Kenny. I'll talk to you about that after this because we actually have a friend in common who they work together. But um, <laughs> when I look at shit like that, it reminds me of another another time that this is kind of a prevalent thing for me. That we're like we're talking about the industry as a whole, right? And right now, the funnel is getting so tight on these like labels and these entities because of the dollars that have been lost through the pandemic. I think you're going to see more of this bullshit because they'll monetize any way that they can. But my like biggest memory of something like this happening was a certain executive. I'm not going to drop his name. I did the day before this started, but this is a whole other story. But uh, he hit me up through Instagram. This is during the pandemic. So given this is a time where bands can't make money, right? So I'm thinking if anybody's hitting you up, it's out of the goodness of their heart or they see something in you. So they hit me up. I'm already kind of on my fuck label bullshit. Like, get the fuck out of here. But he's like, yeah, man, like, I love your shit. Like, do me a favor. Like, I'm on a business trip this week, but send it over to my fucking assistant and he'll take a listen to it. Kenny, you're gonna fucking love this. The assistant gets back in touch with me like a week later. And he's like, hey, man, I fucking love this shit. Like, I'd love to get to work with you when you're out in L.A. Do me a favor. Send me your email and I'm going to send you like some shit. And I was like, whatever, man. Like, sure. Sends me his fucking shit back. And what's on it? It's rates for writing sessions. He's like, yo, you come to LA, 1500 bucks, we'll write a song, we'll get in the studio. And I was like, hey, you dumb motherfucker. How stupid do I look to you? I was like, I've written with way bigger people than you, and I know what your fucking game is. I never hit that motherfucker back. Do that you know how much I charge for co-writes? How much, Kenny? Zero dollars. That's not how it fucking works, you not dickhead. Not a fucking dollar. Yeah, bro, no. we're in this together. Yes. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. All right, so we know that uh colin i or we were talking about before we record how uh he wanted uh titans fans to be a dickhead to him at like a titans eagles game or something um colin's a nice guy kenny's a dickhead yeah how would you have responded to that email because yeah because colin didn't respond like i feel like you would have snapped on him i oh, would have flamed that guy i would have i would have blasted him on social media i would have said look at this motherfucker this fucking snake in the grass i would have tried See, to then, ruin and, him and therein lies man it's like i know i talk all this game about like not being a coward and stuff but like it's tough because it's fuck faces like those who like there is a blacklist Yep, it's absolutely. a small community. I know every fucking producer in LA and what they're working on and yada yada. And we all ask each other, what's up with this band? I mean, three times a day, a friend will hit me up and be like, hey, you worked with so-and-so, right? What's that like? Is it worth their time? Mm. You know, and it's, it's man, it's, 
as much as it's like punching people in the dick because you don't give a fuck it's there's also an equal amount of dick sucking in it yeah you know, which i guess bit. is like anything i guess Bro, but point is i would sure. have blasted him hard but i would have either not written back or said some sort of sarcastic fucking one-liner kind of so thing. dave and this is a conversation can you use the great word and this is a power situation this is a fucking uh you have something over somebody they hold so, the leverage well so when somebody like that hits me up like a, a big executive and they send me over to this person of course i'm pissed but i also don't want to flame this entire fucking relationship because who knows if down the line we might wind up working together on something which is fucked up because i shouldn't think like that the dickhead in me from northeast philadelphia should have said yo fuck you and where you came from you're a piece of shit like i know this game i'm not a fucking i'm not green but i will say when we're talking about this kind of a situation where it's it's usually going to be young artists that get taken advantage of oh yeah i can't i don't know if this ever happened to you i signed bad record deals and when this all came back around when i found out it was it was a bad deal was when we got a song synced to nbc and i thought i was going to see this check and it went to somebody that we weren't even working with anymore. And I said, where the fuck is the money? And they were like, oh, no, man, we're recouping all this shit off the record. Like, this is fuck yourself. That point on, I have a very good relationship with my lawyer and I learned a lot. But I think when we're going through the conversation with Chill Moody, one thing that you learn as you move on is there's other ways to make money. There's other ways. There's ways to do things and there's ownership and everything like that. Kenny, with what you do now, do you own everything that you make? 100%. Yep. 100% of everything. And, and, that's the, and that's kind of part of the thing with people like Chill Moody where it's like there's survivors. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then there's not survivors, right? Yeah. Like we've all mm -hmm. seen people pivot during this pandemic. And the people who are doing geotagged live streams for tickets in Mexico between these hours, and the, you know, it's like people are figuring it out and they're making a living and they're crushing it. And same with like a lot of the bands who are like, we're a band in fucking Iowa. We play a million shows, but we can't get discovered. It's like, well, did you reach out to anybody? Did you send anything to anybody? Did you... So many people are like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get my stuff out there. You gotta fucking figure it out, bro. Figure the you know fuck what out. I mean? Like, how many businesses are started by people who don't know what the fuck they're doing? It's like, you got, you know. Do you think I knew what the fuck I was doing when I started this podcast? No, I had yeah, no exactly. goddamn idea. Figure but it out and go along. Yeah. Survivor, survivor is the word there. That's where we are in the industry. People today. ask me all the time for fitness, my band after AWOL. And I know I have a history with radio, but fitness was a no, we're nobody. Nobody's ever heard of us. Nobody gives a fuck. And people are like, how did you get your shit on every radio station across the country? My answer was, I asked them. Mm. I went on Twitter and I DM'd them. Hey, I got some new music. Would love to share it with you. Send me an email if you'd like. I send 100 of those out. I get back 50 emails. I send out 50 emails, I get 25 specialty shows. Mm. I send out 25 specialty shows and I get three ads. You know, people are like, how mm -hmm. did you do it? It's like, I fucking asked them, man. I don't know. Dude, I mean, I don't think people take enough consideration into like how much work it takes. And yeah. the fact of the matter is you're talking about that band in Iowa, right? I have all the respect in the world for people who don't want to have to succumb to like either having to move to LA or New York or Nashville or some shit like that and do it in a different way. I'm in Philadelphia. That's how it fucking goes. But I will say, you got to get your ass there. You need to meet people. You got to fucking make connections. You never know what can happen if you actually reach out and make the connections. But in this industry, you can't sit back and think that anybody's going to give a fuck because there's 8 million other of you out there. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, you know, it's Game of Thrones out there. It's who's moving pieces in which directions and doing what where. When you see... Like when you see people like fucking Oliver Tree, he's one of my new favorite artists, right? And it, like he got his big break by opening for Billie Eilish on her first headline run, that massive headline arena run. Um, and then you go to find his page and it's mostly comedy. 
Yep. And it's mostly merch and it's mostly this and it's mostly that. And it's like these guys are figuring out this 2021 vibe and crushing it. And it's inspiring to see. I mean, Dave, do you remember what Chill Moody was saying about when he was like, look, like when I learned that there was other ways to brand yourself and it doesn't have to be, I'm just a musician and you fucking go out and you do dude, all these other things. Dude, fucking light bulbs went off when he was talking about that. hundred like, percent. Holy shit. It's like, it's so simple, but nobody really does that. I think it's because you got to look at it from an artist's perspective. You want to be first known for your music. You don't want to be the guy who was the, like, you know, you're fucking. Right, yeah, I get that. Yeah, definitely. You're, you're the musician guy on Twitch. So maybe I'll check out. But your now music. you're fucking like, he, setting yourself up about... some sort of bar. Like all my other shit's going to be so good that it's going to yeah. dominate my music. Like, bitch, you ain't that special. Yeah. Make stuff, put it out, do what the fuck ever, like figure it out, find some patterns and some tangents, you know. The, uh, the, the thing is to me like I, I i'm really happy that kenny's here today because like if i was talking to you about this dave it's a one-way conversation there's another person in this trio here that is fucking sounding off that this is not just me talking about this there is a lot no, of yeah. other fucking musicians out there and i will say this too and this is a fucking mission statement for me as long as we have this fucking platform on this podcast right this is for the fucking musicians. I don't give a fuck about any other entity. This is to either fucking help a musician who doesn't think that they're fucking doing things right or a musician who's gotten taken advantage of. We could put you on any sort of fucking game that we can or at least be somebody to say, hey, it fucking happened to me too. That's what this yeah. is fucking about. This is an opportunity for us to take a platform and say like, yo, there's some fucked up ass bullshit going on out there, but here's how you can beat it. Or at least know that the rest of us are in the same shitty situation. Yeah. Or check out these people who are inspiring as fuck. These guys are yes. doing it yeah. and raging and kicking ass and it's beautiful to see. Go see what they're doing. Yep. Do it all the time. I wish that I had that when I was first coming up because I've all for the longest time, like the first like I'd like I'm talking like I'm fucking 50. But like when I was like 25 to like 28 and I was like, why is this not working? I didn't have anybody to turn to. I'm in fucking Philadelphia. Nobody else. Well, now people have you guys to turn to. That's the and point. They have you yeah. too, Dave. They have you too. A like, little stop. bit. I mean, I like to use this show. Obviously, I'm far. I'm not a musician, but um, like what you said, like I w wish every fucking day I, I had someone to turn to, like just going through something simple like college applications, mm. shit like that. Like I was asked to speak at my college um, about a year and a half ago. It was like it was a little before the pandemic started. And, and I was like, absolutely not. Like, you guys still have a fucking tab open for me. Yeah. You booted me from school, not because of grades, because of money. And I had to claw and scratch to get back in. Like, no, I'm not speaking there and telling a bunch of fucking 17-year-olds who don't know what the fuck they're doing <laughs> to go spend $35,000 a year to live in Naperville, Illinois. No, I'm not doing that. Like, I would tell them to go to a fucking junior college and then go to a state school. Or join the military or something. I well, kind of the same. I, I went to full sale and I and I and I went I went back and I talked to, to the full sale kids a couple of times and every time I would say, it's not full sale that'll get you the job. It's you. It's you moving to L.A. It's you moving to wherever. Full sale. All the teachers would be like, well, now, 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 now. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, like, exactly. like it's kind of you know. We, let's talk about how like full sale is really helping. And I'm like, they didn't do shit, shit. for me. Yes. Not a fucking thing. Just charge me a fucking thing for me. Yeah, no, that's what yeah, I know. And like, I tell people, right. and I tell a lot of my big thing that I always tell people, I'm like, could I have done what I've done? Could I have accomplished what I've accomplished without going to full sale? Yeah, probably. Would I have had the balls to move out of Orlando, Florida to LA and call myself an engineer? I don't know. Take it for and, what it is. Answer you know? me this, Kenny. I have a question. So we're talking about two different scenarios here where you left Orlando and went to LA. And I stayed in Philadelphia, but I make the trek pretty regularly to where I need to go. 
I have no problem doing that. If it was today in 2021 with the technology that we do have, would you have moved to LA to build those relationships and get in the fucking scene? Or would you have stayed where you were? I probably still would have moved, honestly. And, and, and thinking like 2021 has give us, given us technology. This pandemic has created this, right? Yep. So like we now have so many ways to get our voices heard and our music out there and to monetize on it. Like we were talking about, there are artists who have 500 million streams that you've never fucking heard of in your life yep. that not are up for Grammys, not up for any of this shit, but they are raking in dough and they're doing it on their own from anywhere in the world. So can you do it? Yes. As a producer in LA, seeing all the different bands come through and do the rounds and who's working, who's taking meetings and who's blah, blah, blah. I think it's helpful to be here. You can go, you know, in Orlando and play shows at the edge and social all day long, or you can come here and your local gigs are the Troop yep. or the Roxy or the Viper or Fact. places that people actually write. So it's like, you know, Well, I, I will say too, I don't want to like, not like turn my nose up at these industry cities because I might as well have fucking rented a place in Nashville. Like, I mean, I've been there enough times. I know that I have to be in these places, but I also have a very fucking strong connection to my hometown. I am fucking, it's who I am. So like, I just, I always wanted to find a way to, to have my cake and eat it too. I also think that's a reason why it, it didn't happen as early as I wanted it to, because I had to make concessions and saying like, I'm not going to move there. So it might take a little bit of extra time. That's just who I am. That's the way I want to. You know where 21 pilots is from? Columbus, Columbus Ohio. Ohio. You know where they still live? Columbus, Columbus Ohio. Ohio. Some of my best friends in the world, the orphan, the poet. Shout yep. out to those dudes. Columbus, Ohio. Ohio. They're crushing it. Yep. It's like you don't, you know. It just depends on depends on the people, really. Facts. I I just want to say that was a fucking great talk. And I like I, I learned so much on this podcast. I'm usually doing the teaching because I'm a baseball fucking savant on my other <laughs> podcasts. But um, like I I sometimes I just like to kind of let like especially especially now that Kenny's gonna hop on as much as he can, like just sitting back and listening to you guys talk. Cause I learned a lot just as a music fan right there. It was, it was That's cool. awesome. That's great, man. That's That's there's so for, much buddy. behind the fucking curtains, you know? And there's, yeah, we are shit talkers. That's what yep. we do. At the same time, there's a lot of beautiful shit behind these curtains and a lot of the best people I've ever met in my life. And we're going to go through all of it. All, all of it, bro. That's the thing. We have unlimited time here. I love this fucking platform for that reason. Cause I, I do have, be so, I could be the maddest person, most pissed off person in the music history in the world. Best job I ever had. Goddamn right, dude. Goddamn oh, yeah. fucking right, Kenny. I love you. Uh, all right, let's go into segments here. Let's go into on the list, off the list. I'll start, then Dave, then Kenny. Uh, I'm going to nerd out for a second. My on the list is Zack Snyder. I finally got to watch Justice League. I'm a huge comic book guy. I loved it. The yeah, me the, too. I did dude, too. The original one sucked. Fuck Joss Whedon. That was awesome. I Took me two it. days to watch, but I loved Same. it. Absolutely same. Uh, shouts out to Ben Affleck. I thought he was a great Batman. I love fucking Ben. Uh, well, yeah, whatever dude, about Fleck. Come on, man. No, yeah, I whatever love, about Fleck, bro. I love Ben Affleck Batman. You didn't I didn't that? mind him, but also fuck off, you know? <laughs> Fair enough, <dude. laughs> Yeah, I, I, it doesn't make sense, but at the same time, that made perfect sense. All right, Dave, who's on, <laughs> Dave, who's on your guest list? Uh, none other than Mexican food. Ooh. I fucking love Mexican food. I, uh, I was definitely hungover. I was so hungover yesterday that I text my brother at about 11 a.m. I have piles of puke all over my floor. I told him, come get Ace. I think I'm sick from the vaccine. And in the back of my head, I knew I was lying. I was just really hungover. <laughs> and once I had an appetite come three o'clock or so, I ordered a mountain of uh, Mexican food and it was fantastic. Saved your life. 
It saved my life. Point. I Dude. wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for that burrito. The the oh hey, have you guys ever had horchata? The best oh, yeah. fucking oh, yeah, the milk here. Yeah, the like sugary ass fucking cinnamon milk thing. Fuck yeah. It's the best hangover cure on earth. It's better than Gatorade. It's better than pee. It's better than every single liquid on the planet at curing a hangover. Facts. <laughs> All right, Kenny, who's on your guest list? God, my on the guest list is way lamer than both of yours. Mine's actually like a like a nice thing. I was talking to my buddy Mike Fitzpatrick of Fitz and the Tantrums, and he just oh, put yeah. out his You've always had charisma. You've always had like that that thing about you that, you know, he's, he's a front man. Like that, that's, that's what he is. And to see you moving in this space and it's very natural. It's just as natural as any conversation I've ever seen you have with anyone or any conversation that we've had is, is dope to see that. So I just wanted to give you those flowers before we even jumped off. I appreciate that, man. We can thank Dave for that too. Cause Dave really is like nah. pushing us forward. Yeah. Come on, Dave. Take some, take some credit too. <laughs> I, I got like 5% credit for this. I'd say. <laughs> for the for this show, I would say. I mean, Colin, Colin's the. I mean, he's the. I, I got the platform, I guess. Colin's got the. He's got the musical knowledge. The uh, he's got the editing skills, which are way beyond my brain power. I can't do that shit. Um, and he he just works his fucking his nutsack off. This is word, nice. Word. I was not expecting this to go right into how great I am, and I appreciate it. You're not that. going to expect a lot of things that's going to happen on this episode, man. This is different. <laughs> All right, so we always start with a question, right? And so mm-hmm. kind of lead into what we're going to talk about. We talked about your business side. And with Nice Things, which is your record label, it's your lifestyle brand, it's everything you got going on. You've worked with beer companies. You have a beer, kombucha. You got shoes. You got a label. Is there anything that you haven't stepped into yet with Nice Things that you want to slap the nice things name onto because I have one thing that right away I think would be perfect for you. Okay. Um, there's plenty of things that I haven't that I'm going to, that I plan to. Um, you know, a lot of these things that I'm doing are all seeds that I'm planting for like a real big play, like a, mm-hmm. a, a, a more of an ominous play. Like, you right. know, this we have the festivals where a lot of the stuff that I'm doing can live at the festival. So, you know, we got the beer, we can handle the, you know, the merch there, you can, you know, things like that. So there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of things, but one thing that's a little bit, um, that's been intriguing me recently. And I feel like I should have been in that space is, is the gaming space. Mm -hmm. Um, I, 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 I came up like that. Like I, I was, I was that, you know, Nintendo, PlayStation, Sega, like N64, like everything. And I was like good at like really good at these games. Like <laughs> once we got to college, like, you know, you come to my my, my dorm room, you might lose like two, three hundred dollars playing NBA Live. Like we were, <laughs> that's what that's what we was doing. So I was I've always been nice at it. And you know, 2K came out like, you know, that was my like, you know what I mean? So I got a I have a song on NBA 2K this year on a on a new oh, 2K21. And I'm like, shit, I should have a Twitch by now. Like I should, I should really have, I should be, I should be gaming. I should have been in this space because it's it's natural. And all of the things you talk about that I do, they are all like natural extensions of myself. Like I'm not forcing myself in the in the kombucha space or any health space or you know, any of these spaces. So that gaming is something I feel like uh, I don't want to say I missed it, but I, I probably should have been on that. So I just want to say right off the top, the way that you just broke that down for me and the way that you said basically what you're doing will be self-sustaining when you go back into touring and things like that and they'll live in the space. That is why mm-hmm. you you are a fucking like next level thinker. Like you're playing four dimensional <laughs> chess and the rest of us are just on the board. I love what that. you know about four dimensional. What, what was that? Six cents? What, what movie was that on when they had the, um, the multi-layered chessboard? 
I think it's exactly <laughs> what it was. I, I actually saw you tweet about playing chess the other day, too, and I was going to bust I've been playing balls. a lot of chess, man. I've been uh, playing well, a lot of chess. You're going to have to come see me then. For no reason. I'm not good. I just keep playing. I'm not good either. <laughs> it's a big dance game, though. So I started a Twitch uh, once quarantine started. We basically got an email saying, hey, you guys better figure out a way to push content from your houses, basically. So I'm like, mm-hmm, fuck it. Mm-hmm. I'll get a Twitch. I'll, I'll start gaming. And I hadn't touched a video game since college. And now that I'm like somewhat deep into it, it's an unbelievably big space that is just limitless potential for anybody. Wow. You don't have to be even good at video games because I stink at them at this point in my life. They're like, I was a Nintendo 64 guy. And uh, me too, me too. Like, like if you're entertaining, you can bring in a lot of money and you provide a lot of content. People will sit there and watch you play video games just to interact with you. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm hearing things. I, I sat and watched T Grizzly play Grand Theft Auto on YouTube for <laughs> an embarrassing amount of time one day. And it, I was so entertained. Like the entire time, I'm like, the commentary is funny. Yep. The stuff that he's choosing to do on this game is hilarious. Um, his interactions with people, because you know, you're talking to people on right, these right. games now and all of that stuff. But this is what we did on the porch or in at the, at the crib. Like when we used we used to bring the game outside and sit oh, on the yeah. porch and oh, bring yeah. the whole block through. And we, you know, now we have a whole competitions in NBA 2K, and now we're talking and we're entertaining. You like to see certain people play. My cousins always had a certain way they commentated when they played the game. And you know, I would love to watch them play. So I I feel like, like I said, I should have been in that space. Well, it's not too but, late to jump in, dude. And there's yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah, not. not at all. Not at all. Dude, as big as it is right now, it's like the it's gonna be the biggest thing on the planet in in, in a handful mm-hmm. of years. I fear for my kids when I have kids because I don't know anything about video games, and I know that is like their fu- like that is like the kids today. Like instead of wanting to be a fucking basketball player, they want to play video games. It's they want to design video games or or yeah, or just play them right. Correct. Get- Get your money however you can. I don't care. As long as you're doing something, do something. But chill, to me, like, this space we're talking about right here with podcasting, that was what I was thinking, like, you need to get into that space as well because you, more than most people that I do know and do interact with in the music space, you have fucking game for days that you can put people on to. And I would love to see you sit down with people and fucking, like, break things down and why you operate the way that you operate because you've done things your own way from Jump Street. You really right. have. You've always been an individual, and you've never changed who you are. And to me, like, a, I think a podcast would be fucking perfect for you. Um, se- September. September. Okay, so he's already got it. He's got everything. There you go. Yeah. He's, See, he's 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 two steps ahead of you, Colin. <laughs> I, no, trust me, he's always been two steps ahead of me. And uh, dude, answer me this because we worked a lot together. We we were doing things in 2018, 2019, mm-hmm. performing together at South by Southwest. What has 2020 been like for you? 2020 was, uh, it was a lot of, it was a lot of things in one year. Like it was hyperbolic time chamber. Like it was, you know, I had, I had amazing moments. I had, you know, some of some, some highlights, you know, that I'm gonna look back on life and say, yo, that was a a milestone in my, in my situation. You know, I'll look at 2020, say that. And there was some, some low points and low points uh really in all 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 facets financially uh how I was thinking things were going to progress moving forward you know my 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 mental health took a hit as as I'm sure everybody's did at that time like you just it was it was a little difficult and it's you know sometimes a little uneasy to talk about cuz it kind of takes you back there but 
yeah. you know, I, I was, I told a lot of people like the, the theme for it all was perseverance. Like if we, you know, that's perseverance comes, be, you know, is, is it exists because of hard times. Like the, the, the phrase or the word or whatever it exists because of like, if you, you make it through that. And that's, that's what we did. And that's what we, we continue to do. And that's all, all of this really is. 2020 was just like a, a really bad example of yeah. what, you know, <laughs> this all really is. We got to continue to persevere through it all. But it was, it was a lot of things for me, but I, it gave me, if nothing else, like I got, I got the next 20 planned out. Like, there you go. I'm good. Yeah. We, Bro, we it set. gave us we all, set. it gave us all so much time to think and plan. And I'm excited to see the people who come out of this because I know a lot of people who aren't doing music anymore because literally mm -hmm. such a fucking hit to everybody. Yeah. But the people who had the time to think and work through it and push through it, the shit that's going to come out on the other side of this is going to be incredible. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of a lot of my friends, a lot of artists that I know, they, they've been sending me stuff that they've been working on throughout it all. And everybody I know is making the best music that I've ever heard them make currently. And it. It could be for a multitude of reasons, but you know, I'm 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 letting 2020 you know claim most of that. It's understandable, man. Dude, in 2020, I counted it up. I went on your Spotify and I counted it up. You dropped 22 songs in 2020. It was very intentional. Now that to me, like I look at it because I I followed you, like I see how you move, and you always move very intentionally when you're dropping music. Mm -hmm. Was that more of like a situation where it was like, all right, I have the time. I can't tour. We need to do something, push content out, drop a song every fucking week. Or was that just like literally what you were feeling at one point? Just being like, you know what? Let's just go for it. A mixture of both. Yeah. So we had, um, I had an album that I planned on dropping in 2020 in like September um, of 2020, you know, and I would have been touring throughout the whole year. So I had already recorded the album and it was already ready. And I had my rollouts and all of that, all of that planned. And um, because I was touring with with Don T with our with our group mm. and more. Fantastic, by the Excuse way. Thank you. Excuse me. So then uh when you know they they canceled the tour and the booking agent, you know, left and then the whole agency, you know, depleted or whatever. And I'm like, all right. I took a couple months and I was a little, you know, I mean, fucked up about it all. And then I'm like, all right. I, I got all of this music. Let's start rolling this out. But I'm like, I can't, I can't go in front. I like events. You know, we was gonna drop a new beer mm -hmm. last year as well. So, you know, let's let's come drink this beer. By the way, I got a new album for you. You know what I mean? Check this out, whatever, whatever. So that was, that was all part of the plan. And um, when it didn't happen, I'm like, all right, I gotta put it out. So Moody Mondays, I've been doing Moody Mondays since MySpace. Like I always like kind of had had to try to find a way for people to focus on me on one specific day. And that was back when you were dropping music on Tuesdays. So not like I started the midnight release, but people was looking for me Moody Monday on, on midnight because they know that's when I was dropping something. Technically it was Tuesday, but whatever, whatever. That's a long story. <laughs> um, so anyway, I start dropping the music and then I'm like, all right, I don't want to give them everything from the project. And then on top of that, I'm still recording and I'm yeah. recording more than I ever recorded. I was recording a song a day for a while, like damn near a month. I have a lot of music right now. So some of them songs are songs that I wrote in the moment. Like, um, I can see my house from here was one that, you know, I dropped when it came out. Um, it was a song called, uh, I could do this all day, Hank. Hank would send me a beat. I'd write the song, record the song and send it back to him. I wouldn't respond to the text with anything like, oh, I like this beat or whatever. He texts me the beat download it, record the song, send it back to him. And the turnaround times was like maybe an hour and a half 
tops. Some some were even quicker than that. But I did it three times in a row. So the third time, I just titled the song, I Can Do This All Day, Hank. And when I sent it back to him, he was like, all right, I get the point. I'm, so, I'm not sending you nothing else. Like, <laughs> Dude, shout out Hank McCoy, yeah. by the way. That, that's fucking yeah, yeah. awesome. So I, I just, I hit a, a crazy creative wave. And so that's that's where Moody Monday kind of came from that. And 22 is a, is a number that speaks to me all the time. Like my grandfather's birthday was 222. So 22 always see all the time and all that shit. So the day I decided to do it, I counted out the Mondays and it was 22 Mondays. And I'm like, I have to do it now. Like there's no press play. I pressed it right then. I was like, fuck it, let's do it. Be honest with me about something, because we talked to we talked to Chris Schiffler from the Food Fighters about this. We talked to Corey Wong from Bullpack about this. Okay. But did you find yourself with the creative hot streak, right? Because I know this happened to me. Did you have it come in waves where you would be real hot for like a week or two or a month, and then all of a sudden it would just be nothing, and then you get hot again? Like with the fact that we weren't moving around, we weren't moving how we usually move. I know so, myself. Go ahead. I didn't. But that's because I do so many things. So yeah. when I maybe wasn't writing, I'm I might be helping produce a script or I write a script or mm-hmm. some 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 shit like that. Or I'm writing a whole business plan for this tap room venue, whatever, whatever. Or I'm I'm painting. I started painting. Is that, is <laughs> like, that your painting behind us? No, no. This this painting right here is um Evan Polk did this. Oh shit. And it's um Sanchez Blue Duck is the um the character. But um yeah, that's an Evan Polk original joint. But um yeah, so I I continue to just be creative. I started I've always produced, but I produce in a sense of like uh you know, putting people in a room, putting the musicians together, you know. The DJ Khaled model. The I like to say the Quincy Jones joint, but I'll take Khaled as well. Um Quincy Jones the, wins that yeah, I was gonna say you know, Quincy Dr. Jones wins that conversation. Yeah. Those type things, because you know, it's different genres and all, all kind of shit. So I've always done that, but I started making beats in the pandemic. So now I'm learning programs and I'm I'm doing that. So there was a month where I made a beat every single day. So like that creative wave, and it still hasn't stopped. Like I got another flavor of kombucha coming out in like June. I got a whole marketing plan. I got it's out of control right now, Colin. I, Yo, I, got, I got a question as someone who's put on about 8,000 pounds <laughs> over over the pandemic. What the fuck is kombucha? I know it's good for you, but what is it? You're the, a, you're a, um, I'm going to call you a kombucha tycoon, so you can give it to me. Tycoon, straight. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, it's, a, um, it's a fermented fruit beverage. Uh, it's a like a brew, a fermented brew tea should I say, mm. and you can add fruit and you add, you know, whatever, whatever you add to it. But it has a, a I guess you can call it like a living organism. It has a, what, what you call a scoby in it that helps in the fermentation process. And it gives it like a little bit of like effervescence to it. Like it's like, it pops a little bit more, um, but it's low in sugar, low in calories. It's a, like a healthy alternative to, um, to soda or, or, or some mm. shit okay. like that. But it's also a probiotic because of the scoby, so it helps with digestion and you know all of, all of that type shit as well. But my um, kombucha specifically, we added an herb um, called Gotu Cola, which helps um, reduce anxiety and it helps with like the cognitive okay, functions shit. as far as like helping you focus and shit like that. So we the the flavor is called Gotu Grapefruit. It's nice things kombucha is Gotu Grapefruit is the flavor and is um, a blend of grapefruit blood orange, Ooh. hibiscus, ginger, 
and the herb I spoke of. Go to. I'm in on that, dude. I'm in on. It's, it's a good joint. It's a good joint. That, that sounds actually fucking delicious. It's yeah, really we gotta good. get you some, Dave. Especially if you like a if a grapefruit. You know what I mean, boy, like I I made it a little selfishly because it's like I was kind of you know new to the kombucha space. You know, I, I'm all about the the healthy drinks and and, and that to um and healthier lifestyle choices, but I was a little new to the kombucha space and the ones I had, I didn't like. I didn't like any ones I had tasted um, before. And when I linked up with Baba's Bucha, um, even then they lined up a bunch of competitive brands, I guess. And I'm like, yeah, see, I don't like kombucha. And then I, I tasted theirs and what they brought to it. And I'm like, see, this is why, why doesn't everybody do this? Like it's the way is the carbonation in it just, you know, makes all of the, the natural ingredients pop or whatever. So, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but that's, that's what happened. Well, we talked about a healthy <laughs> drink. Let's talk about the other side of things. Let's talk about the beer. Because when this happens, he's smiling now. I know this yeah, is where yeah. he wanted to go. <laughs> so with Dock Street, because I remember when this first happened, I was like, that's the smartest fucking thing I've ever seen. Look, he's got it in his hands right now. Hell that's yeah. The new, that's, the, that's an exclusive. That's so what are you? Is that the art for the packaging? For the new one, yeah. What, Dude, are, what are you making sad. now? Nice things beer. Like, you know, just... Oh, I'm saying so. I know you started with the IPA, and mm-hmm. then you did, we you did, did the fr- nice things IPA, and then you did the fruit beer, right? You did like it was like a. Well, the first one it was a um, nice things IPA was a, a pineapple infused IPA. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the first one, um, and it wasn't like fruity. It just the pineapple kind of cut the I guess the bitterness of the hops in a yeah. sense because um, it was mosaic hops, Amarillo hops, Simcoe hops. It was it was a really 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 good beer. Is a really really good beer, and then we did the blackberry cream ale. Yeah, that's um, what I was so it was like about. it was a cream ale, but it was it was like magneto, like it was fucking magenta. It was a beautiful <laughs> beer, um, and I'm I'm on I'm on a can riding a purple a purple shark through fucking the the seas of Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that. You can only get this out in Philly, I'm assuming, right? Um, it was in Philly. It was in Jersey. Uh, but yeah, it was it was. You know, considered local. craft, yeah. yeah it's craft yeah, yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. she has had the Dock Street Brewing Company because they do great shit too. Dock Street killed it all the time. So when we're looking at all this, right, and like the main reason I wanted to talk to you is because we've talked to a lot of musicians, but we really haven't talked the business side that much at all, okay. really, really. And that that when we were talking about like if we're gonna have that conversation, who do we need to talk to? And I said we need to talk to Chill because nobody does so, it like you. Word. And looking at it with all the things you've done with nice things. Was there ever a time when you were first starting out where you were your initial thought was I need to go get signed I need to go work yeah. for someone so you did start that well, way not, and, hold up that's two different questions yeah no <laughs> go ahead go ahead never wanted to work for anybody right. like ever and that's since I was a, a a child like I never you know I I'd see people coming home from work and they're upset ah I don't want that or it's like yo you want to hang out you want to Nah, I got to work tomorrow. I don't want that feeling. I, I never want that. So when I'm, as I'm growing up and I'm thinking, I'm like, who doesn't feel that way? And it's like, all right, the people that work for themselves. So I'm like, whatever I do, I'm going to have to work for myself. So I always felt that way. When the music pop off, um, you know, of course we shop it around or whatever, whatever. But I understood the idea of, you know, the quote unquote partnership, like super early. So I'm like, any terms where is nothing's going to be long term anything we're looking for is going to be you know here's a product let's partner on this if that works let's go to something else but let's make sure it's manageable for us i'm not looking to own 12 cars like you know I, i'll do that from something else but music industry is a little too cutthroat to have to 
build your you can't build your fortune just there. Right. And if you if if you do, I don't know. I feel like you got to sacrifice too much. The people that we've seen do that, build their fortune slowly. I feel like whether it was you know their mental health, whether whether it was their relationships with people, a lot of shit got sacrificed. And I'm like, I ain't, I ain't really interested in that. So I just always saw it a different way. And like from watching you do it, I've always appreciated it from the, the fact that it was always about you and your team owning what you did, but at the same time expanding and partnering with other people to help your business move. And mm-hmm. I will say, I this is completely dead honest. I ripped that from you from from certain things we were trying to do in the last couple of years, and especially because shout out Jason Berger. I know Jason's a partner, and Jason's my lawyer. Mm-hmm. This was Jason's suggestion is kind of ride Chill's Chill's idea here and find partners to work with and still own your stuff. Like mm-hmm. where did that who was kind of an inspiration to you behind this on the business side? A lot of the stuff I'm like, I don't want to say winging, but I'm just doing what feels right. Mm. So a lot of it is that, but moving that way, I, I picked up from a lot of guys. I studied a lot of what 50 Cent did. I was just um, about to bring him up. Yeah, I, I study I study 50, you know, I, I got every book he's written. I listen to every interview he does. I, I study his, his, his mind. Dude. He's a really, really sharp bull. Steve Stout, I study, and I, I like, you know, the way he does his deals and the way he thinks about deals. And he kind of, anybody that can understand the business and kind of separate the personal from it, that doesn't get too emotionally involved, they kind of make better decisions. Um, but as far as like hip hop artists, um, Ice Cube is another person who mm-hmm. kind of diversified, and I always saw myself as more than just that. You know, these are these are household names, but they do more than just music. Snoop Dogg, Jay Z, um, Queen Latifah is another one who you you can know her for a multitude of reasons, but yeah. you know what I mean. You, you know who Queen Latifah is a brand, so I always wanted that. That household name was always like a, a thing for me, especially when. Forbes list start coming out and you see, all right, Jay-Z made this much and he's the top of the Forbes list. All right, cool. But if you actually read the article and you see, well, this is how much he made off music, mm. but this is how much he made off of liquor. And this is how much he, right. like, hold up. Some ain't adding up. Like, all right, now music is a marketing tool. And it's, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it, it turns back into, in, in that understanding of it, I fell back in love with creating the music because now I can get back to creating it you know, for the people like me. I don't want to say for me because I'm not just making music for myself, but it's for, you know, you to connect with. And if you connect with it, cool. I got 14 products over here. Come come (laughs) connect with these, George. Master P is another one. Yeah, you can't not say Master P. It took me forever to figure out that it's not just, you don't just make your money off of the music and it doesn't have to just be that. You can diversify, do different things and music is mm-hmm. is your thing, but you can make your money elsewhere or or gain notoriety elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that to me, because part of this, what we're doing is we're, we're bringing Dave into, the, Dave is learning how to be a rock star. That's what part okay. of our goal of the podcast is. So everything that you're saying is seeping into Dave's brain and he's taking that. As I, I'm as- making so many mental notes right now and <laughs> it, it's crazy because like I've, like I, I I grew up personally like go to go to school and as soon like as soon as I was done with high school it's like all right go and get a job if you want to go to college it's on you you can go pay for it but I'm not paying shit like you can go work for forty years like work for money and I am I'm every day of my life I'm trying to figure out how to instead of work for money make money work for me 
while also mm-hmm. doing something mm-hmm. I love. And and how old are you? Thirty six. Okay, you're thirty six. Like it doesn't often happen when you're your age because it's it sounds like that you got you got like you said you got twenty year plan. Like every single day I wake up, I'm like, all right, I'm working for the man still. Why am I doing this when I know I don't want to? And I'm not saying I don't love what I do because I do, but it's just it's like just hearing you hearing it hearing it and verbalized, I guess is mm-hmm. and it, it's impressive, you know. It's it's, it's, it's inspirational. That. It really is. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. My 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 one goal is to inspire. Like that's a it's a Joe Button quote, but it's something I really actually do believe in. Aim to do, yeah. Move with like. <laughs> Is nothing. It's no better feeling than to know that you actually inspiring somebody to do for sure. Something. Like, cause that's the ultimate something I can get from somebody. Like, yeah. I, you know, how, you know how it feels to be inspired. Like, that's some, that's some shit. So to hear that you doing that for people is, is love. Like, in fourteen years, when you're fifty years old, got probably a slew of kids, wife, all that shit. I fully <laughs> expect you to have like a fucking memoir out, like a, a published book of how to, like a like how to. It'll be the shortest book. It'll be the shortest book. What would the book be? Do it. Like, I, like do the shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, people ask me, like, a lot of, a lot of, you know, what's the blue? How'd you do that? How I did it is not how you're going to be able to do it. Like, yeah, I can tell you how I did it, but who's to say you're going to happen to be drinking at a bar and the director of Wawa Welcome America walks over to you and you say, hey, Remember that Quest Love stage? Let me get that, John. And then, like, I can't tell is. you how to do that. Like, bro, it's the same thing with fucking <laughs> sitting here with Dave. We interviewed Dave. Dave texts me a couple months later and says, I'm drunk. I have a question. Will you teach me to play the guitar? That's how this entire fucking relationship started. This shit, <laughs> is, this shit yeah. comes from relationships. And there's no, there's no set plan. And it's always been kind of a gripe of mine when I'm in my lower moments. Like, why am I not doing this? Why am I not doing this? Why are we not on the mm-hmm. road right now? And I always say, like, there is why is there no fucking blueprint? Why is music and entertainment one of the only spaces where there's no like if you want to be a doctor, you go to school for seven fucking years, and mm-hmm. then you're mm-hmm. 20 grand for the rest of your life. There's no goddamn blueprint to doing this. There's none. Right. And there, I don't think there ever will be. We're all in the industry or in the entertainment industry in some form, and there is none, but I have learned like being authentic is is the one requirement. If you're if you're a phony or if you're full of shit, you will get outed eventually. Like I mean, I don't know why she just popped in my head, but Ellen DeGeneres, like everybody like <laughs> called her the worst person on earth and now everybody hates her guts. It's like, just be yourself. That's, that's, yeah, that's life lessons though. Like, just be, just be authentic. Like, that's what I'm saying. That book would be short, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> be like three really, pages really regular long. shit. Like, hey. yo, just chill. Like, relax. You all right. <laughs> I see how, when I when when he asked that question, I thought there was gonna be some deep, long winded answer there. I thought you were gonna go into like, so chapter sixteen will be this. You're just like, nah, just fucking do it. I'm not <laughs> even gonna remember half of the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, but I mean, that's the thing. Like, you've never, you've never once, I've never once looked at anything you've done and didn't know that that was coming from like your heart. Like, you're not a fake person, and it's yeah. this is a fucking fake industry in in certain perspectives. There's a lot of good, honest people, but at the same time, there's so much bullshit that goes on. I was I was having a conversation with someone about that today about how if I would have played like the actual game like of this industry, I'd have I'd have been done years ago. Like, it's you have to be so fake 
um, yeah. at times. And it's not like, you know, that's that's not, you know, it's not the, the definite, there is an exception to that. And I'm not saying that's that's the rule, but it's, it's damn near close. Like, you know I mean, like, it's just so many instances where you, you get ridiculed for being yourself sometimes. And it's yeah. like, I'm just being genuine, if nothing else. Like, how is that being criticized? That's That should be, that's the purest shit right there. Like, how are you criticizing me for that? So once you, once you start seeing that, you just... Everybody criticizes the individual until the individual starts to take off and find out why they're doing well. And then everybody wants to ask the individual who was different, how they did it. But at the same time, you were the one talking <laughs> shit. Do you ever watch, right. you ever watch Atlanta, Donald Glover fucking. Yeah, I, j- I just recently rewatched it. Yeah. I love that series. The whole thing reminds me of Clark County, the fucking rapper in the second season. Yeah. Yeah. With the Yoohoo commercial. That was, that was the obviously a, a chance the rapper. Um, Very this. obviously. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even. I don't know if that was a diss or an homage. Like, because I know yes. him in hundred <laughs> percent. I haven't seen it now. I gotta check it out. Oh, it's fucking oh, amazing! It's, it's a great episode. It's that a- and the um the keeping it real episode too. Like when he's like those two episodes, like really, really speak to what this industry kind of can you know deal. And with. the and the Justin Bieber episode when they do the 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 celebrity basketball game, <laughs> and Justin Bieber comes out doing the the christian thing at the end which actually was like foreshadowing but i'm mm-hmm. getting lost in my track of thought here like the whole time you're watching paperboy trying to just fucking be himself and everybody around mm-hmm. him who's being fake is, is succeeding and i'm not here to like you know shit on everybody and be like everybody's fucking fake i leave that to kenny Carkey from awall nation that's what he does <laughs> but uh it to me is like when did you know that shit was working like when nice things and when chill moody's brand when did like it click when did it click Mm. Roots Picnic uh, 2014 I think it was was it 2014 or 2016 might have been 2016, 2014 the year they had they had Kid Cudi and Rakim headliner but Cudi didn't make it Um, it was two days you know what I mean it was was the only time they've done the two days so far Um, so I performed on the second day and it's raining like tumultuous downpours like like it is today for some reason every time i do anything that <laughs> it you, like, always it, ra- they call me the rain guy like rain if you god. look on my instagram you'll see it all the time like anytime i rain so anyway crazy downpour um major laser was on the stage on the big stage i was on the tent stage because of the rain everybody was seeking shelter they come in at the very beginning of my set because the way our sets were staggered, the first 15 minutes of my show was the last 15 minutes of their show. Mm. So, and I only had like a 30 minute set. So I got people in there to see the whole job and I come up the stage, maybe like 4,000 people in a tent. And this, the, at this time, the most people that I had in front of me and this festival pair is, is crazy. And this is my, my first time out and in the front row, and this is 40, I mean, 4,000 people, huge crowd, like tight. Front row is my mom. I see my dad standing behind her. And then like my whole family is like in this little like semicircle around all of them. And I'm like, like I did that. And they're, they're looking up at me like, damn, look at, look at my little cousin. Look at my son. Look, look at my brother. Like everybody had this proud look. And I only ever did it for them. So I saw that vitamin water had gave me, uh, we, I partnered with vitamin water that year and they gave, 100 tickets for me to give out to fans 
and had a double decker bus that came and picked us all up. We drove through the city and had like a party and all kind of shit. It was dope. So I had all of them. I had supporters there. But to see them in the very front, super long answer, my fault. See them in the very front of the joint. And I see all of this and I'm like, all right, like I'm here. Like, all right. So everything from here on, we cool because the fam sees me in, in, in the light that I'm 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 standing in, you know what I mean? And I'm like, all right, we good. Like this is it. And I just been I just been moving like that since then. But that we talk about the inspiration. That was the most inspiring shit. Like, and somebody caught a, a snapshot of that shit. And my mom framed the picture, and you could see her in the front of the joint. Oh, was she crying her eyes out? Know. All of them were. Yeah. Everybody was. Cause like, were, it was, you, it was, were you choking back chill tears was, a little bit? Chill. Chill oh, no, I cry on stage. I cry on Did stage. You? I don't care. Yeah, oh, I, I cry on stage a, a, a lot of times. In my life. <laughs> that should be emotional or something. But I put myself in the music, and then you know I'm, I'm rapping about stuff that people in the crowd actually know about because you know the fan might be there. And you know, I'm whatever, whatever it is, and I'm, I'm looking at certain people, and you know, they get choked up. I, I'm gonna get choked up too. Sometimes I can't look at certain people, some of my family when I'm performing because I know I'm gonna start crying when I'm performing certain songs. But dude, yeah, and they get real. It, it's the realest shit though. Like when you're on stage in a big circumstance, like you're in a big fucking crowd, and you spot someone that's been supporting you the whole time. Like I remember mm-hmm. when, when we did the show at Wells Fargo with Bon Jovi. And I walked okay. out on stage and the fucking whole crowd is blacked out. There's 22,000 people. Mm. And the only person I could see was my fucking dad was to like the left of the stage. Oh, wow. He was between the barrier and the stage in the crowd. I don't know. <laughs> he probably got thrown out. I have no fucking idea. But it was so surreal because it was dead quiet when I walked out there and I just heard my fucking dad screaming at the it, shit like that. You'll never forget as long as you live. Never, never. Did you cry after you did the tiny desk? No, I went and got drunk. I mean, we filmed a tiny desk <laughs> on my birthday. <laughs> we uh, we filmed tiny desk on my birthday. So mm. you know, they they surprised me with a birthday cake during the tiny desk, and I, I had the nice things IPA with me. So I cheers with everybody that was there. I bought extra beer for everybody, um, at NPR and shit. And when we left, popped bottles of champagne, and like I got drunk that day. Like that was it's that was good, a yo. great day. We. We stayed in DC. DC showed me love that day. Um, yeah, that was that that day was lit. And if it's, it's funny, if you watch any tiny desk after the ones we when, when, when I was on there, I placed some nice things, IPA cans in real strategic spots because I watched every tiny desk before we went on. So I know when you go to the drummer, it's gonna be the shot right here. Right. You I know when you're looking at the background. Dude, that's branding. It's a fucking Won't, genius, dude. Watch anybody's tiny desk from now on. And I bet you, like any of the ones that came on after, anytime you go to the drummer, you're gonna see him right over here. And for a while, Bruce had one propped up on his desk. So like um that's a put on right or there. Or Bob, not Bruce, Bob. I said I said Bruce. I think I'm thinking Bruce, Bruce Warren. Warren. You got Bruce Warren yeah, on that. Oh, Bob Ballin had it, had it um posted on his desk. And a nice thing sticker is right next to it. So everybody I'm watching, I'm like, y'all don't even know like my shit right there. Like it's subliminal advertising, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's your uh, if not yours, right? Not you and Dante. Uh, who's your favorite tiny desk? Because when I was doing my research and I watched yours and I went back and I watched like 50 others, and I mm-hmm. have one that stuck out in my head forever, I think is the best. Um, I don't think anybody did it like Tyler the Creator did it. That was really cool. Um, when when he changed changed the lights and all of that, that was fire. Um, I'm a big Anderson Pack fan, so anything he does is always going to be. I think he's the best. 
I think I can say it. He's the he's the best. He's my favorite live performer right now. I've seen him in concert over ten times probably, um, in different venues and small spaces like two hundred people joints. I've seen him in big stadiums. I've seen him on Bruno Mars tour, like all kind of every. He always does it like every time. Like, um, yeah, I would, I would probably say Anderson Peck. I think was probably one of my favorite. Drums. That was that was the one I was gonna say. Anderson Peck. Yeah. No one should be that fucking talented to be able to rap. He jumped on the drums. Drums. It's unfucking believable. What? It, it makes no fucking sense. Other like I can't even like pass those. Like you, you hit two of mine. Mac Miller's is still one of my favorites. That's what yeah, I was gonna yeah, say. The Mac yeah. Miller one. Yeah. Shouts out Mac. I got For him looking sure. over me up there. Um, oh, I, I, I feel like I, we always do this too, to where me and Dave will ask some rapid fire questions back and forth towards okay. the end of the uh, the podcast. And I know my first one. What's your favorite besides the Roots picnic and besides um, besides Tiny Desk? What's your favorite live memory? It's not my favorite, but it's a really funny story. It's <laughs> it's the Roots picnic, the same Roots picnic, but it's a different. So after I perform, I come off stage because I want to go hug my family. And I want to bring my mom backstage because the rain is still coming down. So I walk out there and I got um I got my brother T in front of me. And T is a, a lot bigger than me. like you know this is he he posing as security at this time like he walking yeah. you know trying to get through people. And it's this girl standing in front of him, and she like really enjoyed the show. I watched her the whole show and she was going crazy, whatever, whatever. And she like spin moves, juke moves. T gets around him comes to me and said he just looks so good and bit my arm <laughs> like she just wanted to pick like and bit, and i'm like yo how did you even let this happen you're the worst security ever you know? you got like 90 90 pounds hit a little juke move barry sanders joint on you just bit me i'm like wow but it was this it was just funny to me i'm like you know and that was after standing on stage saying yeah we here and it's like, well, shit, we might really be here. Like, they you got bit by a crazy fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I knew it was working when I got bit after a performance. All right, yo, uh, who is someone you haven't collaborated with that you want to collaborate with? Black Bolt. Black, I mean, no, that's... no, we have collaborated. It just didn't come out. They, no, they took me off the song. I think, um, <laughs> who took me off the song? It was either Asher or Truck. I think Truck North took me off the song. Or Asher Roth. It was one of their songs. And one of them took me off um, because I think it was going to be a single and the song was too long. It was mm. more of a posse cut. I don't know. But that was that was years ago. Uh, Ghostface. Ghostface. Oh, yeah. Erica Badu, Rick Ross, Black Thought. These are, these are the people. I would love to hear a Chill Moody Rick Ross song. That would be that crazy. Would, that would be crazy. You can talk some shit. Maybach music. Yeah, just talk shit back and forth. <laughs> All right, so favorite beer that's not your own? Uh, Great Lakes Edna Fitzgerald is my awesome fucking beer. Fantastic, awesome. My favorite beer. Yeah, regardless of what I make, that's gonna be my favorite beer. Yeah, it's the. Have you ever thought about doing a stale? Yeah, and so originally when we first started, that's what I was gonna come out with. Um, that was my. That was what I was drinking at the time. I ain't gonna say that's what I was coming out. That's what I was drinking at the time, and um. My reason for getting into the whole beer situation was to, I'd be hard pressed drinking craft beer with, you know, this, this side of the, this side of the coin, these other, other friends or whatever. It's like, we're having a beer. It's an event. Let's go have some beers. Mm-hmm. But when you're drinking malt liquor, it's like, yo, we drinking to get drunk. Like, you know, let's, let's drink. Let's Big get difference. fucked up. And it's like, 
Big difference. I'm, I'm not really about that no more, but I'm, you know, I'm, I still enjoy drinking, but I'm, I'm damn near drinking for taste at this point. Like, I'm, mm. I had a fucking blueberry sour the other day. That shit was superb. Like, I like that. I do love shit. sours. I do yeah, love I sours. Like, I like sours now. Who even seen that coming? So I didn't want to shock people's uh, taste buds because I'm trying to convert people from malt liquor to craft beer. So I said, let's go with, you know, the basic IPA. But, um, you know, let's go, let's go fruity. Let's go floral. Let's go, let, let it smell inviting. Let it, you know, let's give them a hazy joint. Like that was, that was my whole vibe in the jumping into that. But I wanted to do a porter and we'll end up coming back around and doing one, a, a stout or a porter. Dude, that Great Lakes pick is a fucking great pick. That's, That's my shit. Awesome. That's beer. my shit. When you get, when you get out to uh, Midwest, specifically Chicago next, um, I gotta get you just a six pack. It's impossible to find. As soon as it hits the shelves, it's gone. It's called zombie dust. The packaging is okay. super cool. It's like, uh, it's it's kind of like you know those Asian cartoons with like the they like give you seizures basically. Anime? Right. Yeah. What <laughs> what is it called? Like all the all the words around them and all of that. It's it's but it's like but it's a it's a zombie head and it's like it pops. But the beer is absolutely fucking incredible. I had it for the first time ever when I was like. 24 25 at a bear's tailgate and it's not that's not somewhere that's a place you go to get drunk it's not a yeah, place right, you're going right, to right. taste beer you know and right, i couldn't right, put right. the shit down and it fucks <laughs> you up too but it's i was gonna say year. you probably do not remember that fucking game at all not really no not no, really I so. I, i'm sure i didn't want to either i'm sure they fucking stunk <laughs> you fucked the bears uh chill this has been a pleasure man i want to have you back on as soon as possible uh before yeah. we get out of here too do you have anything coming up anything you're dropping yeah <laughs> yeah, you can't talk about it. I mean, it's it's a lot of stuff. Uh, a Give lot of the one. music I've, a lot of the music I've been producing. A lot of the artists are gonna start dropping these songs in the next, you know, few months. So I'm I'm excited for that stuff to get out. Uh, I got a new project with this producer from New York. His name's 183rd. Mm. We got a whole project that you know we never even met yet. It's we connected on Instagram. He sent me a record. I send it back to him with a whole song on it. He sent me another beat. I send it back to him with a whole song on it. Like, not even with a lot of conversation. It was the same thing with Hank. But, you know, we we hadn't even, you know, really talked about what we was going to do. We looked up and we had a whole project. So that's coming. Um, and more kombucha. The kombucha, um, that blue pineapple is coming out soon. Hell yeah. New flavor. Good shit. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, the performance from uh belmont plateau it was oh, fucking word. outstanding dude thank you, thank outstanding. you, thank you. i just wanted to say that before thank we got you. off uh no, everybody that. dude fucking follow chill check his music out everything nice things fucking go buy the kombucha go buy the beer can you buy the kombucha online yeah you can order it online but it's, it's local now because you know kombucha it has to be shipped refrigerated and it mm. gotta stay refrigerated you mean with that living culture in there so all right well yeah, we're I mean, in philly we, we go just global it. for now yeah go get that go get that all right, Chill, thank you very much for being here today, man. Kyle, I appreciate it, Dave. Appreciate, appreciate you, All right, so that was our interview with our friend Chill Moody. Fucking great guy. Great conversation if you want to learn some shit. You want to learn how to move in this industry, listen to Chill. Go check out all his music. Great fucking guy. I know he blew Dave's mind. Yeah, no, like you said in this industry, he, like he was speaking for someone who, not want to say he was speaking for them, but speaking as someone who is insanely smart and like you and I have good bullshit meters and Kenny, I don't know you at all. I can tell you do very well. Like that dude is straight up as it gets and he is going to be wildly successful in 
many different ways. So I, I was like, I couldn't, couldn't have been more impressed with him as like a, as like a dude and uh, just someone who's like turning himself into a brand. You know, definitely. Can I Check say out. that I just listened to his music for the first time today because you guys told me that that interview was happening and thoroughly impressed. His voice is so cool. The man is a poet. Yeah, very, very good. 100%. Big things coming for that guy. Yeah. Also, if you haven't yet, go check out his uh, tiny desk performance that he did. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. Fucking unbelievable. He's a great guy, man. So shout out to Chill. Let's go into our green room picks for the week. Uh, for those who are new to the podcast, what we do, the green room is the place in a venue where the band hangs out. It's where a lot of great bullshit conversation happens before shows. So what we like to do here is take a top three of things that we would have talked about in the green room. And uh, today, John Mayer came up on Shuffle, and we had this conversation before about we were like, feel like I'd like to fucking hang out with that guy. Just hear what he has to fucking say. And so it made me think, like, who are three musicians, dead or alive, that I would want to be friends with? For whatever reason it is, you see him. We talked about Kanye. I said, I wouldn't want to be friends with Kanye. I couldn't handle that. I'm picking people who I would want to be friends with. I'm going to let Kenny start, then Dave, then me. All right, mine's a little bit of a mixture. My first one, Diane Twerd. Ooh, that would be a the fucking... The weirdest one. South African fucks you've ever seen. I played a show with them in Mexico, and I like ran into them in the hallway, and I tried to say hi, and their fucking eyes were so fucking bugged out, and they were so <laughs> fucked up, and I was like... I, and then you see him on stage, and there's a guy in a mask dancing. Like, I want to, I want to have some conversations with those people. Do you ever hear the story about Diane Ward and Kanye? Yes, dude. The animated video. Have you seen yeah, that? It's the yep, best it, thing it, I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, he was like, yeah, I went over to Kanye's house. I didn't know why I was there. He watched porn while Kim made us yeah, food. Yeah, and then we it's like she made me banana, banana cupcakes, whatever it was. And then he fucking went over and played basketball with Drake. So, all right, Diane Ward's a fucking weird first one. I like that. All right, Dave, who's your first pick? I mean, mine's not. I, that's that guy sounds like a you're a weird brain guy aren't you you just like weird, <laughs> weird brains brain yeah i i gravitate towards weird brains too so mine's gonna be kind of boring after that i had keith moon uh that's okay I mean, i'm into that man yeah. he, he was a he was a crazy person and he liked to get fucked up and i'm i wouldn't say i'm a crazy person but i, I like to get fucked up i'd like to get fucked up with keith moon yeah, yeah, he, yeah. you get would fucked it? up with the best of them. Also, you, yeah, wouldn't, yeah. you you wouldn't have to be the craziest one there. You'd always yeah, have to exactly. So I I'd look like a fucking saint next to him. All right, uh, my first pick <laughs> is Lenny Kravitz, and I'll I I, I was almost gonna pick him. I was almost gonna pick him. Ew. Lenny, le, hold on, let me explain. Ew. Lenny, Lenny Kravitz seems like the kind of guy that I would wind up going to parties with him and there'd be white tigers there. Like he just seems like the kind oh, of yeah, like, yeah. everything you would do would be so fucking extravagant. Like, I don't know. It seems like every, like he just Lenny Kravitz is like the swag Lord. Like I just feel like I would need, if I was like that famous to have one friend who like, if I walked through his house, I've, I've seen videos of him, but like he has like Muhammad Ali's boxing shoes in his living room and he like owns everything ever made. And I'm like, I would just like to fucking be friends with him just to be able to stunt and say, yeah, dude, I fucking rode a white tiger with Lenny Kravitz. I feel like that, that would be my rationale there. I got to wear one of his giant ass sweaters. <laughs> oh yeah. His blanket sweaters. Fuck it. Yeah. Uh, so Lenny Kravitz was my, I, I feel like. If you were in Lenny Kravitz's presence, it'd be a lot easier to get ass, just like residual ass. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, I feel like I know. Like, what am I talking about? You definitely. No, but that's not fair, though, because if you came with a girl, you're not leaving with her if you're with Lenny Kravitz. No, for sure not. That's not true, too. That's true, too. That's animal There's only one reason she's there. To hang out with Lenny Kravitz and to bed him. So, all right. So that's my <laughs> first pick. Uh, Kenny, who's your second pick? <laughs> Huey Lewis. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Fucking Huey. Why the other though? day. Dude, the other day. Somehow, I don't know what playlist I was on, but like five Huey Lewis songs came on and all of them were bangers and they were all in 80s movies. 
Homeboy was kicking out the jams hard, and the word on the street is that he liked to party too, 80s style. Curious what that's all about. Yeah, I would. The 80s style, that's how you got a party. Better pack I'm, I'm your curious skis, about that. Because Huey Lewis is going down the mountain. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so it's like heavy metal when you think about it, bro. The heart of rock and roll was basically Slayer. You know what I mean? Yeah. So good. All right, Dave, who's your second pick? Uh, my second pick. God damn it. I, I hate hearing your guys' picks after. Uh, mine's Brad Knoll. Um, okay. I mean, I'm not totally into doing heroin. I think that's really bad for you and you should not do it. But the option so there- I don't. The options there. I mean, it's good to have options. It's never bad to have options. Um, I, I mean, if I had to choose, I wouldn't want to just hang out in like crack dens and meth labs all day. Like I, he did apparently. Um, but at the same time, like sublime is my favorite band for a few different reasons, but, um, I, I would just love to like, even if it was just not even being friends, just like a fly in the wall situation. Like, yeah, you just want to be around a great songwriter. I thought, I feel I like Kenny's deep. about to shit talk him. No, no, sir. I'm from Florida, man. Sublime was important to us. My wife mm. makes fun of me because she's from LA and whatever. But like, <laughs> dude, I mean, one record, one masterpiece, golden record of a generation. Like, and that's what playing, it was too. Playing barefoot, shirtless, fucked up, just fucking crushing. Like, His and then I, I, I've the recently stage. gone back and watched a lot of live videos and like, oh, yeah. homeboy shredded at the guitar. Yeah, like, they were a fucking metal band live. Oh, so yeah, good. they were. Yeah. Listen, go, just his type birthday in, was like last week or something. Type in mm-hmm. Sublime Eben Live. I think it was in 94. In, in the, the backyard? Was, in the backyard. Yeah. Dude, Eric Wilson's uh, baseline in that is fucking unbelievable. Unbelievable. That is a band, though, that if you were to hang out with them, you would instantly be the best looking person there. So that's like a good a, thing. I mean. Another good call. There you go. See, you're just giving me good reasons left and right. See, my second pick is so chalk, yo. It's 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 so chalk, but it's for a good reason. I went with Prince because once again, this is a situation where I just want to be around somebody that I wouldn't have access to in another situation. Like to live to, to hang out with Prince and like do what fucking Prince did. But my main reason I say this is I'm a sports guy and a music guy. So say we got talk, tired of talking about sports or going to one of his fucking sex orgies, I'd be like, yo, you want to go ball? And fucking, he'd roll a ball out to me and whoop my ass, dude. Dude, the the Charlie Murphy, Rick James, true story. All true. They're, what they're true stories. I thought they were just legit skits, like all Dave Chappelle show skits. Those are true stories. It's unreal. He's I like they friends. beat our ass in fucking basketball. I have friends who have toured with him as like pretty high up crew guys, and the stories oh, yeah. of like Prince. If you make a mistake, he'll whoop your ass in ping pong. And like, like embarrass you in front of right. It's that kind of weird <laughs> shit. I have a buddy who like got a phone call from Prince's assistant at like four in the morning. Prince wants to see you now. Goes all the way down to the studio four in the morning. Prince doesn't get there till seven a.m. eight a.m. Tells him like plays like I think he played like Beyonce's live mix or something out of a console. And he goes, "Why doesn't mine sound like that?" And my buddy's like, "Ah," and, and he goes. You stay here until you figure it out, and then just walk out and left. And you're like, bro, dude, don't make me like him. That's so he's fucking. The, he's tight. the fucking man, dude. He is. Yeah, dude. I, I also, well, I mean, he's sitting over top of me right now. I got Prince looking over me, but like, there he is. That's my fucking man. I love Prince, and just the stories that you one of the best Super Bowl performances in the Ever. history of Super. It Bowl. It was the best Super Bowl, and it just sucked because that was when the Bears lost. It made it better. Uh, yeah, I, right, that Kenny, was a bad day for me. Kenny, who's your third pick? 
So I didn't know that we were strictly with musicians. This one's not a... Well, although I think he actually plays guitar. So uh, my third one is uh, Bill Burr. I listened to him do a rant on golfers today. And I was losing my fucking mind. He's like, look how fucking comfortable these goddamn clothes are. This isn't a sport. This is a game. (laughs) No, that's a fucking good pick. I fucking love it. Oh, yeah, that's a great pick. Imagine just like hearing him rant. It's so good. Just sit there for hours, just pissed off and bald, just yeah, random. Dude, it's, it's so good. Great YouTube dig down the oh, rabbit yeah, hole yeah. with Bill Burr stuff. Dude, he, he's a we're talking geniuses earlier. He's a fucking genius, man. Oh, he's yeah, for sure. Genius. I would love. I, he's as normal as can be, too. He's does, he's done a bunch of he's stuff. He's a Barstool guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like yeah, a, he's done a bunch of stuff. Mask guy, yeah. Um, fucking, he, there's nothing that guy can't do. Facts. He's in Star Wars. What the fuck? He flies helis. Uh, so yeah, he's in Breaking Bad. Like, oh yeah, he was in Breaking Bad. I forgot about that. All right, Dave, who's your third? I'm kind of trying to pivot because now that we opened it up to not just musicians, I can do so. I'm gonna think of the first person that came to my mind. Go, uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Nala. <laughs> I bet Jesus fucking raged, dude. Oh, honestly, yeah. like, oh yeah, dude. If you could thing? turn water into wine, how would you ever be sober? Oh, never, no. ever, ever, ever. And if you ever had a hangover. Doobity 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 do. Done. Done. Hangover. Gone. Let's go. Oh, my buddy has a hangover. Fucking scoobity 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 bop. Done. Jesus, I'm crazy broke. Fucking loaves and fishes, dog. Fucking multiply your cash, dude. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he's a First gangster. Ponzi scheme. Uh, okay. Well, now that we've gone off the fucking rails, I mean, let's think athletes. What athlete? My first instinct was Matt Stairs, and I know that's a very regionally specific thing for Philadelphia, but he's just a fat mess who hit fucking dingers. Uh, I wrote down Bob Seger because we had that conversation about how night we fucking, moves, baby. Night dude, moves, yeah. We, uh, I have a lot of friends in Nashville who have worked with them, and they said, like, I have a friend who said, like, Bob Seger left with his girl. Like, they walked in together, and she left with Bob Seger on a private jet. Uh, but my number one thing is we brought it up with uh, Pete Lyman. We were talking about him. He butters his donuts. He eats butter donuts. That's like, a fucking crazy person. That's a, that's a rider request for him is butter and donuts. So in death. In de- oh, dude, he's still kicking. He's please still also kicking. bring, please bring me a donuts, butter, and a defibrillator <laughs> yeah. to my green room, please. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, you have to shock Bob Seger before every show because he's actually unconscious. I'm trying to think, is there anybody else like who I would like die to be friends with that I don't like? I don't know. I want to just hang out with like fucking some of these country dudes that are obviously just fucking bros to the like. I wrote down Luke Bryan. Like, I had like, Garth Brooks. That was my final pick. But I Garth I have Brooks. heard. I've heard like. All the best things. Like, he's a hooper. My uh, So I'm buddies, kind of buddies. I'm friendly enough where I could text him and he would text back. Uh, Tracy Smith, Arizona State's head coach for baseball. And he knows Garth really well. And he's told me a few times when he's been out at his place in Nashville um, that he's like, yeah, come on over. And they'll play, like, they'll play two on two, three on three with, like, the coaches and his buddies in his private gymnasium in Dude, Nashville. I love so hearing – I love hearing about like guys that you look at and you're like, they can't play ball and they fucking just wreck. People. Oh, it's, it's my favorite thing. Dude. Bieber is like, have you seen him play hockey? I, like I've tried to ice skate before and like, it's a fucking death hazard for me. Like he's, well, he's, he's Canadian, an athlete. So it's like, yeah, it's like his birthright. True. I don't he can, he can shoot like, basketball too. I just don't, I don't, uh, just Bieber's whatever. Like I don't, yeah, that's I'm, somebody who I definitely, that I feel like, I feel, I feel bad for that guy. Like I feel like he has it all. Yeah, Nelly got drafted out of high school by the Atlanta Braves. Yo, Nelly, Nelly there can fucking go. play ball. You ever seen the longest yard, dude? Of course, so yeah. good, yeah, dude. 
He's a goddamn athlete, bro. That's my shit. Like, I want to. Nelly wanna, rules, man. Honestly. Oh, he was, he was fucking the best. Isn't the word uh, on the street that he's like the nicest fucking guy on the planet, too. That's what, I, yeah. what I've heard. You know, Nelly has a song that is charted on every single chart, basically, like all the popular charts, except for like heavy metal. Like, because he's done so many weird collabs. Like, he had that song with Tim McGraw like, over yeah, and over yeah, yeah. again. That's right. He's got hits for fucking. He's, he's like. <laughs> I don't want to say this because it's not like a fair comparison, but like how Flow Rider became like I'll do I'll do songs in every single genre, dude. Nelly yeah. was doing uh fucking suit and sweat like those two fucking albums. No, yo, Nelly had a run, dude. Nelly, oh, for sure, dude. Staple of the early two thousands, man. Bro, Nelly Fuck is. Yeah, it was. Ken, our bass player, is the world's biggest Nelly fan. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, fucking diehard Nelly fan. Like, you ask him who his favorite rapper is, it's Nelly. And when we were first coming up, I always tried to get him to take the mic at like shows and sing something and the only thing he would ever sing was ride with me by nelly so we would do a three-piece cover of ride with me by nelly that i if i'm at a house party which is few and far between these days i am going straight to that and that is like my eighth song of the night if i'm playing dj i'm going to make people go wild nobody fucking sees it coming yeah, Nelly is yeah. definitely Nelly's definitely like a gets the white people going song when you put on oh, Ride yeah. With Me at a party. Yeah. Hot shit. <laughs> That's a whole segment I want to do too. Is like uh is just songs to get white people hype. Like that. Oh my god, that's a good one. You just that's did Sugar We're Going Down Swinging, Mr. Brightside. Uh like there's a million of them, but like the kind of thing where you're at a bar and hey, as Sweet a white, Caroline. If you if I'm that's at a, a bar good one. and I see a bunch of white people singing something, I'm like fucking white people dude look at this shit and i'm like sitting there like looking like me being like fucking white people look at these people going crazy for this song i'm also an fucking, idiot so fucking whites man <laughs> <God damn it. laughs> all right so sucking all the cool out of everything facts that's our, that that's, our episode. that's the episode for the week uh we're gonna cap it off with our uh, pick of the week great time and play flat max off their new ep Kenny, come back next week. Just keep coming back. Don't tell me what to do, but also see you next week. Yeah, exactly. I text this motherfucker to get ready for shows and shit, and he'll text me back. I don't care. Fuck <laughs> off. I don't give a shit. I'm like, yeah, we're waiting for you. You're like, yeah, dude, I don't give a fuck. So <laughs> don't uh, care. I just say Kenny's here for the foreseeable future. As long as Kenny wants to be here, Kenny keeps coming back. Well, that'll be for at least two to three more episodes. Kenny yeah, wants. There you go. Yeah, because Kenny wants equity stake. Kenny's like, yeah, as long as we can work it out with my lawyer, we'll get the we'll get everything set up. And we'll you know, if go. everything looks good, man, we'll be good to go. As long as the, the money's green, dude, we're good to go. So you just gotta pay us to be on the show moving forward. Yeah, I was gonna right? say, yeah, all the promotion you're getting. Yeah, you I, know? Could, I, I could get you like put in touch with my people. It's like fifteen hundred dollars <laughs> an episode. You know how that shit goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. It's that's that's usual price. I, yeah, you know, I get it. I get we, it tied, we we tied it all back together. But yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so Kenny's back next week. I'm fucking pumped. Dave, I love you. Great job as always. We love you guys. Go fuck yourselves. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our pick of the week. They're returning guests from the old form of the podcast, but this is their first time on On the Guest List. We have our friends from Great Time who just put out a fucking amazing EP, one of the first of many. But uh, guys, how the fuck are we today? Good. Chilling. We're very good. Happy to be here. Thank you. No problem. Happy to have you guys. Uh, so we're going to be talking about Sounds Like Volume 1, and the song we're going to play this week is Flat Max. I've known you guys for a couple years now, and in fact, the first time I met you, we were playing a show together in New York, and we didn't know it. <laughs> and to hear, like, where it's gone since then, the music, I'm fucking blown away. And I told you guys this before we started. I, I definitely kissed some ass before we came on, but, like, I'm so <laughs> fucking true. happy that this shit sounds so tight. So just Aww. first off, I just want to get that out of the way. Thank you. 
how's the response been so far? Because I've seen so many like people reposting it, so many outlets. I know WXPN has been very supportive, but like this first couple days, how's it feel? It's great. Uh, we've had to hire a couple bodyguards. There's a line of paparazzi out the window <laughs> there. Hopefully the, the flashes aren't too distracting, but is that why Donnie's not there? Donnie had to hold up. Yeah, that's up. part of it. Yeah. They all just want a piece of Donnie. Right I'm in now. a safe house. Yeah. yeah. He's in the basement. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the song we're to play. So flat max, I told you guys before we came on, but I had certain comparisons I wanted to make. And the, the way that I would put this more or less, it's so fucking dialed in. And in comparison, because I've loved everything you guys have done. Great album was fucking fantastic. But it seems like you guys are now in the last couple singles, and especially with this, you've gotten into a fucking groove. You know what great time sounds like. And that is like mm. a fucking, that's a high compliment from my point of view, because I can't do that. We still, to this day, everything we do sounds like six different versions of Foxtrot, and that's just who we are. But with this process of sounds like, are you guys splitting up kind of your different personas into different projects? And this is just one of like the incarnations. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe not intentionally um, thinking about actively splitting up our different like influences, personas and, and whatnot. But yeah, I think that inevitably by pairing groups of songs together, we'll, we'll kind of lean towards one vibe for one EP and then, you know, make some more organic or more acoustic things for another one. It is kind of the different flavors, but back like to your point, I think that being able to hear what our music sounds like within a wide range is probably like the ultimate goal where we can do these things, but still sound like great time. You know, the whole thing with me listening to this was everything. Like you listen to the three songs in sequence and I used the word before, but it's in the fucking pocket. And it's like, it's the hardest thing to do as an artist is to get a body of work that like fits well together. And to me, like when I listen to it, it's I, in my notes, it says it sounds fucking great. And you guys did this in your own studio, right? Yep. Right here. That's well, over there. Fucking crazy. <laughs> like you guys. So for background, you guys have your own studio that you built, like basically on like a few guys are in the suburbs, like almost like not on a farm, but like on a property, right? Yeah. It's, it's on, a, on a, farm. a farm. Yeah. It's on a yeah. farm? Yes. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Well, and then you always put stuff on your socials of like either soldering fucking microchips or whatever the fuck it is you're doing. It looks like you guys are building a bomb, but like who's the one here, who's the one here who put the studio together? Well, we all kind of did it together. I think the the whole vibe is DIY. Like yeah. of every everything, you know, the recording part, the making things, the building itself, like so yeah, we're we're very into DIY. But it's, yeah. you hear people who do DIY, uh, DIY shit, and it sounds like it was recorded out of a bathroom. <laughs> this sounds like you guys were in fun. Uh, we, we have recorded out of the bathroom. We have to- <laughs> so we've recorded out of college years. We were putting fucking mics in bathrooms, in fucking gyms to get fucking reverb on the drums. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. I mean, it no. sounds just like a Behringer pedal, right? Yeah, see, and you guys are fucking so far ahead of the game when it comes to being able to make your own shit and making it sound good. Because so many people during quarantine have been doing like live streams and it sounds like shit or like recording shit from home and it sounds like shit. We can say that on this podcast. It's it hard. Like I mean, shit. it's hard. We don't want to discredit anyone's efforts. But. but I'm just saying like the ingenuity to have your own fucking space and make it sound like this is fucking incredible. Like, do you guys bring in an engineer? Or are you guys engineering and producing everything? No, it's all, it's all yeah. us. Just, you know, taking our time with it. Yeah. <laughs> so when we're looking at Flat Max, like a couple of adjectives I wrote down, shit is wavy. 
wavy in like the best way possible. It's fucking wavy. It's funky. It's soulful. But more than anything, it just fucking sounds great. And that's what made me so excited about having to have you guys on. And I gave you the influences before we started, but I'll give it to everybody now. I said it sounds like SZA and Thundercat started something. But then it also kind of gives me like, because the internet, Childish Gambino vibes in a way too. Like that was like what I heard. Like from your perspective, what were you guys listening to when you were making this? Well, Donnie, you can talk about just like how you, how you started it and thought it right. was going to be something. And Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it definitely started with a drum loop and the synth chords and the bass synth. And the original thought was that it was kind of like a 40-esque, like Drake beat that maybe would have a verse. I mean, it was just meant to be that like, yeah, groovy kind of Drake beat. To answer your question, I don't think I was maybe, I don't think I was necessarily listening to Drake when that was started. Like, mm. I think it was just, that was in mind when right. embarking. Yeah, that's all. I was just saying that the drums, I think once we all then came together on it, the drums had a certain kind of vinyl kind of feel. And for whatever reason, I, I was sort of hearing like some guitars on it. So then we kind of added that. I don't remember the exact order that we added everything, but once we kind of added that vibe to it, it sort of took that little turn and then we kind of combined them. I mean, at certain points we literally like chopped and combined the two to make like a diff a newer. And we know. had fun, uh, like it, there was a, a session that we had where we were like, oh, let's just get some organic sounds. So we just recorded like our hands and Ooh. drums and just, I don't know, hitting a, a wooden block, something that some just perks. had a, yeah, some, some like organic sounds. And, and that session we were all like, yeah, this is the direction <laughs> it should go in. Like, yeah. And so, um, yeah. it was really fun making that. Well, you guys are utilizing the time in the studio where you don't have a ticking clock. You guys own that place. It's your fucking spot. So like you have the ability to take your time, experiment, try different things and then work it out. Like so many people, are because during quarantine once again we brought this up but like so many people are experimenting trying new things you guys have the added advantage here of your own doing to experiment get it down and then fucking go back over top of it and learn from what you were doing like how many songs do you think for this ep you guys recorded well that's actually yeah the where this all came from was you know we did our album and then we've done i guess three singles since then is that right yeah three singles since then so we were like, okay, time for a project probably, but we didn't want to sit on an album for another year. So we, we have this bank of songs, how many, like 20, maybe 15, you know, in varying degrees of completion. And it was like, all right, well, we got to put something out. We, I guess how many conversations did we have about how we would want to put stuff out? Many, many, many. Ton, many tons many. of conversation. Yeah, it was like, yeah, should we do it by genre? Should we do it? Should we do EPs? Should we wait on an album? Should we do more singles? Blah, blah, blah. We settled on, I guess, at least in my mind, these three songs not only felt good together, but they were also like the most done. And, <laughs> and we were like, we got to put something out. So let's kind of zoom in on these three. I mean, it, it came together perfectly. And, and it's funny because we were having the conversation. We're dropping new music as well. And uh, so much of the conversation is like, okay, this all sounds good, but like, how do we do it? How do we do it the right way? And uh, I know for us, we, we're, I love singles. We did an EP last year. God, it was like fucking six months ago, but it feels like a, a year ago, but like right. i love albums i really do but when you're making this content and you're making your fucking music you don't want to blow it all one in one shot at this point so you want to be mm -hmm. able to like parcel it out how many volumes do you think you're going to do i think at least three but probably more we'll see right 
I, th- I think I thought we were saying at yeah. least four even. But I think I mean we, if this format sticks, I mean it could be twenty. I, I mean, was just gonna say, keep doing it. yeah, I, <laughs> I'll be interviewing you guys in a no. year, and it'll be like, oh yeah, so we're on uh, sounds like volume thirty six, and it's going really well. <laughs> Fuck it, ride it out, dude. Like, I really like the um the, I some of the feedback that we've gotten in the in the past week has just been that they're listening to it on repeat, which I think is really awesome because there's songs on great album like our debut that. track 10 11 12 like people never listen to it they're like what is the song it's like oh it was on the album so this is nice it's three songs people can cycle through it and you gotta like play your audience and the fact that we are all such fucking idiots and have no attention span anymore give it to them in short spurts dude give it to them i like how i'm saying you're welcome I like how I'm saying that and I give everybody like a two and a half hour long podcast every week. I'm like, give it to him with Schubert's birth, dude. Nobody wants to listen to that long. I'm wrong. But no, I love everything you guys are doing right now. And I'm not just saying that because I love you guys. I really, really love to see the growth and I love to see what you guys are doing. Um, my last question is, with how much is on each of these songs and all the textures and all like, you're, you're saying even like the fucking, the sounds that you got. Are with with shows like Back Around the Corner, you guys like dreading having to do this live, or you think about bringing more people on stage, or no? Well, actually, why don't you go ahead and plug it? Oh yes, we have a virtual concert uh, coming up on April second via World Cafe Live. So get the fuck out of here! We're playing the whole thing, and we're playing the whole thing. But there is always this maybe not dread, but when we first embark on playing our stuff live, it is like a all right. I mean, what are we supposed to do right now? And there's it's just. Three of us, so we're like trying to cover all the parts, and um, it takes some some rehearsing for sure. Yeah, we essentially have to. Yeah, we essentially have to rearrange our own song. It's like okay, we need to figure out how to cover this over here and this. So we need to like rethink the textures that are possible, and then execute them in a way that brings the most. You know. Well, see, I love that attitude because I run into the same problem throughout our time as Fox trying to get down. And all we do is just keep adding more people. We just keep (laughs) adding more people. Shout out to Will Shade because Will Shade actually covers like six to seven different people. He's the fucking man. By the way, I don't know if you guys are on TikTok, but that kid is like. Yes. All the sax videos. I just watched the Dua Lipa one. So amazing. He, we were in the studio recording the new single, right? When we went in and we did it, we we did uh, like four songs all live. So all like all seven of us in one room doing it in a day. Love it. And at the end of the day, it had been like 16 fucking hours. And Will <laughs> randomly goes, hey, so we should start doing TikTok. And I was like, <laughs> I was tired and I wasn't having it. And I was like, Will, shut the fuck up. I'm not doing TikTok. We got too much shit as it is. And he's like, we're going to regret it. And then Will starts doing this. And I was like, you know what, Will? Here's the login information to our fucking TikTok. You start doing all that. <laughs> you love it so much. And then he went viral last week. He got a fucking million. And I hate, the fact that he, I hate the fact that he fucking did that because now he was right. And so I, I can't deal with that. But Will is a fucking G. And if you ever want to use him, just fucking call me. And you, I'll, like, I'm like, I have control over Will. I'm like, I'm yeah, right. Are you his manager or something? Or worse? <laughs> I'm Will's overlord is what I am. But no, um, we're going awesome. to play the song now, too. Congratulations on World Cafe. Fucking congratulations on everything that has going thank on. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. I speak for the rest of the band when I say I can't wait till shows come back because we love playing with you guys. You're one of our favorite bands to play shows with. And uh, I don't know. I love you guys. I'm very happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for having us. No problem. Yeah. It'll be fun to play again together. Yes. Fuck yeah.
Just call and tension up 